CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the podcast, uh, this time with legendary Australian off-road racer Gemma Wilson. Uh, Gemma has done basically everything when it comes to the world uh, of enduro racing. She's represented Australia multiple times. She's been a part of uh, maybe some of Australia's most successful off-road teams at um, various international events. Uh, She has retired from professional racing now, uh, but is leading the charge uh, in women's... um, I, I don't even know that you'd say like just off-road, just like women's motorcycling. Uh, she's a huge advocate uh, for bridging the gap that exists between um, men and women participation in uh, motorcycle racing. Uh, and yeah, I'm just a huge, huge fan of what she has going going on. Uh, we talked about it in the podcast, but recently she had 130 girls uh, at her women's only ride event in uh, Conondale. It was a really cool conversation. She's such, such a nice, nice person, super likable, uh, and she's got some amazing stories. So I enjoyed every minute uh, of the podcast with her, and I'm, yeah, super stoked that she come on. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our fam over at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au for everything you need for your motorcycle. Uh, I have put in uh, my order at MX Store for this weekend's Transmoto six hour. Uh, I've rode, <clears throat> excuse me, I've rode once since Day in the Dirt last year. So I feel like it's going to be a pretty rough six hours. Uh, but yeah, so if you need anything aftermarket for your motorcycle, you can head to mxstore.com.au. Follow them on Instagram as well at MX Store uh, for all of their dope range release videos. Uh, they just released the Thor one today, which I'm a massive fan of. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by the guys at Rival Inc. Uh, they are on board with all of our motocross content and for good reason. They make the dopest motocross graphics in the game. Uh, again, these dudes are hooking it up for the six hour. I've got that Gypsy Tales kit. If you head to rivalincdesignco.com, uh, you can actually purchase your very own Gypsy Tales replica kit. Uh, we're super excited to be working with these boys. Joel and Statsy are two of the coolest... Uh, dudes that you'll come across in this industry or any other industry for that matter uh, so yeah massive thank you to those guys you can use the promo code gypsy gang uh, and you get 15 percent off your order which makes a pretty massive uh, difference when you're getting a full sticky kit and jersey prints and all that goodness uh, also we uh, just want to let everybody know that if you head to at Gypsy Tales Podcast on Instagram you will find a link in the bio to our new 
Fist Gloves collaboration, which we are super excited about. We sold a bunch of them the first day. Um, it was really, 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 really cool to see how many people were stoked on what we'd put together and wanted to support the podcast. We shipped them out yesterday and I'm excited to get photos of people wearing their new gloves. Um, also as usual, the usual sponsors of boost and Nobby, uh, you can head to boost mobile, uh, boost.com.au and check out their insane phone plans. Uh, sorry, their insane prepaid mobile packages. There is no plans. Plans don't exist with boost mobile. Uh, and they've just announced their refurbed phone deals. Uh, you can save up to like $400, uh, on the top of the line iPhones and Samsung phones. Uh, so check them out and also the legends at Nobby Underwear, nobbyunderwear.com.au. I will have a pair on through this torturous six hour race that I'm about to partake in on the weekend. Uh, yeah, you can head to nobbyunderwear.com.au, start your subscription for just $20 a month. All right, that's it with, uh, out any more of my, uh, fluey sick voice coming through your speakers. Uh, I would just like to once again thank Gemma Wilson for coming on the show uh, and I hope you guys enjoy. Um, so Gemma Wilson, welcome to the Gypsy Tales podcast. How are you? I'm very good and I'm very excited to be here. I know, this has been a, a good one. I was talking to my um, I was talking to my little brother today and I, he's like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I got Gemma Wilson coming on. And he was like, bullshit. So he was pumped that there would be somebody that is a super fast and very well accomplished female that is breaking up the monotony of dudes on this podcast so cool i'm (laughs) I'm glad it's me (laughs) i know i appreciate it it's awesome um so yeah you've got quite a lot going on at the moment so like so to give people a background you've been a professional uh enduro racer um for a very long time on the world scene doing australia proud and now you have transitioned away from racing but it's probably safe to say you're busier than ever now, right? Yeah, yeah. So I spent 15 years racing Australian championships and about 10 years racing world, like international six-day enduros and yeah. a privateer at the World Enduro Championships. And halfway through last year, so it's pretty much bang on 12 months since yeah. I um, retired from racing. And yeah, now I'm full-time coaching and running events, predominantly for women, just to try and create a space for women in what is still a very male dominated sport because i've loved it so much so i want others to love it as much as i have um and yeah my husband thought i would be less busy when i stopped racing but we don't really see each other anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, does it even feel weird to say that you're retired uh no and it feels like it feels like years since i raced really this last year like it's only, i've only been married for a year as well and it feels like when I raced and when I got married was a lifetime ago like a decade ago already that's crazy yeah, eh? yeah. Huh. why do you reckon that is I just such a big change, I guess. Like I went from school to uni to racing world championships and bikes for everything and like my whole adult life really. It was how to be faster, how to be faster, how to be faster. And then all of a sudden it wasn't anymore. And it just was such a massive change. And then so much has happened since then. Like I've changed so much since then. My life has changed so much since then that it, it just, it feels like it has to be longer than a year ago, but it's only a year. That's kind of interesting when, uh, when you put it like that, 12 months in racing when you're doing the same thing that you've always done can go by like that and like you don't really change Mm -hmm. but if you go through like a big personal growth period 12 months like you can be a different person in 12 months yeah as opposed to the year before (laughs) you can be the same as you were for like 15 years yeah if i think about you know say the beginning of this year as opposed to the beginning of the year before the beginning of the year before it was like thinking about the race season 
and just same same yeah, exactly same thing yeah. kind of racing the same sort of places same people same times of year and then you know it's, it's all new now so it's yeah it's just such such a big change and i'm really glad that i made it i'm also really glad i had all those years racing motorbikes yeah um but yeah i'm really happy where i am at the moment yeah it's um there's there's definitely got to be something that would be fulfilling um with what you're doing now with like the coaching and it, it's obviously like you see the growth in the people that you're coaching but then on the other side of it like the flip side of it with the the fact that you're helping other women get into it when like we talked when we met up a couple of weeks ago like it, it was like like almost like brutally hard to get into the sport as a woman um in you know like 15 years ago like nowadays we're living in a time where like there's initiatives and people are like really putting stuff in place and there's like a, a push towards that stuff but when you started it's like that wasn't even on the radar yeah so when i started it i didn't realize that it was tough because i wanted to ride bikes and you know i was the only girl in the junior boys class and like it wasn't it, i didn't care it wasn't a thing i never it wasn't even on my radar that it was a thing which and probably helped yeah yeah because i wouldn't have been there otherwise really yeah uh and then like 2006 i raced my first australian four-day enduro and that was the first year that there was a women's class 2009 i raced my first international so what year was that 2006 six. Okay. yeah 2009 i raced my first international six-day enduro in portugal and that was the first year that australia sent a women's team and then um 2011 Mick and fact check. 12. No, sorry. 2012 was my first, like, yeah, world championships as a privateer, like, going over to the World Enduro Championships and doing my own kind of thing. And, like, in 2011, when we raced Finsland, that's what I was thinking, 2011. Yeah. Um, the FIM come over and said, hey, we have a World Enduro Championships and we have a women's class. And I didn't even know that that existed. I didn't even know what that was. And then I rocked up in 2012 and started racing it. So, yeah. But that so was like before social media was as big as it is too. Yeah, now, yeah. right? Like now, yeah. I, I mean, feel I like. I had you, Facebook, but, you know, it yeah, wasn't it's what not it the is same. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you're, you're right. Like, if you don't know, like, what's going to tell you that, yeah. you know. So, like, for me, being a, a junior girl, like, I wanted to try and win, a, you know, the boys' class or whatever it was. And there wasn't even an Australian championship for me, really, to aspire to. But now, young girls coming through, they know that they can be picked for an international six day women's team. Like, that's a goal that they can have and they know they can go race world championships. And, you know, Jess Gardner and myself have both done it or follow Taylor Jones and go race GNCCs mm. um, and Mackenzie Tricker as well. So, like, there's, it's been kind of paved. And so, girls know where the trajectory can go. Whereas when we were doing it, we were making it up as we went along. So, you, is there a party that's like super proud that you were able to be a part of like that paving a way for people? Like, and, and I mean, it's like I don't, these podcasts are hard because I'm asking you questions about like how good you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, so I know that there's a balance of you, you know you're a humble person, but it it must feel good to know that you were a part of that. Yeah. So I would have to say that doing it, I never realized that that's what I was doing. Yeah, I was just doing it because that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but now looking back and yeah being away from racing and stuff like absolutely and I am proud and I think actually a little bit in the middle I kind of was a bit annoyed that it was myself and a couple other girls paving the way that I hadn't come in a few years later when maybe there was a little bit more money or you know a little bit more going on I was like oh damn it why did it have to be me yeah (laughs) but but now looking back because it's, it's this funny thing and, I, and actually something I struggle a little bit with coaching because I, I want to coach people and I, if they want to race, I want to help them to win. And, you know, I want I want racing to be to them what it was to me, but it's not that to me anymore. Yeah. Like racing's racing to me now and, and I'm so glad I did it, but I, I have to always remember and hold on to like that 
like fire in, that was inside me for all those years and all of a sudden it just went out. Um, yeah. But I have to remember what that was so that when people that I'm, I'm coaching or talking to in the industry or whatever it might be, when they're telling me that's what they want to do, then I need to be like, yeah, I understand it still. It must be hard to, to see people that like have really lofty expectations for themselves and then you know what it takes on your end and it's like i can look at it because i lived in america for eight years i know the pace i can look at a guy here and i'm like you're not just probably not going to happen but it's like it's hard because if everyone thought like that then you wouldn't have anybody go over but like i don't know is there a balance to because of the perspective you've got racing like is there a balance of like how you approach different people yeah i think if someone has like lofty expectations and they, they have big dreams it's like fantastic you got to have a goal but now what are the small goals to get there? And yeah. I think when if someone has a, a, a big dream, but they don't actually have any process of getting there in mind, then you're like, well, you're probably not going to make it. Yeah. Or we need to sit down and have a chat. Or you need to sit down and have a chat with someone. Uh, but if, yeah, you see someone who has great desire, but they also know how to work for it and, and know what all those little steps along the way are, then yeah. there's no reason why you can't Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess too, like, it'd be hard to balance like the parent side of it as well. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Like I don't, I shouldn't probably say that, but I don't do a lot of junior coaching really at this point. Like I spend three days every school holidays out at Queensland Motor Park. I just So finished, that's what you just done Yeah, here, just finished yeah, up yeah. today. And I always get the, the little group. So like I had a four-year-old was like the youngest in the group and probably like, you know, 10 or 11, the oldest. And the little four-year-old, like three days on a bike. This afternoon, the last session, we got to the, the part of the track we were going to work on and he just comes over crying, hugging me. And I was like, I get it, dude. Like, you're tired. Have a sit down, watch everyone for a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I, I do that junior thing, but like not a lot of them are like, you know, super at that racy point and the parents are fantastic and they come around yeah, and they help. Because, so you know, like, we have carnage. Yeah, we yeah. have bikes running into each other in the pits. And yeah, so I'm so glad the parents are there. Um, but then most of what I do um, is probably more senior women that are getting into it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I, and I mean, in saying that though, I run my open coachings, which are six events all around Australia. And that's a lot of juniors and, you know, like Emerald Motocross Track and you know, yeah. a cool motocross track down in parks and stuff like that, where there's some really fast kids that want to race. So, but yeah, I've just, I've always had really cool parents. So I didn't even like Haven't link on my radar then that, yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. cause man, like, well, I, I guess too, like, just from my end like being around the races it's more of like the the stuff that i would be around filming would be like the australian championships or the like loretta's yeah and, like high end yeah, yeah. like right up the top yeah. so i guess yeah if it's not what you're like what you're dealing with yeah. it, it's cool um does ma still have the rule about coaching like you have to do a certain amount of coaching as a junior uh it's it's not every it used to be five hours every year now it's only five hours every time you change bike size as uh, a junior. okay do you think that that's a good like a good idea to come from like a governing body or yeah um i think that when it was five hours every year that's probably was, a lot yeah and there was probably just like a you just kind of there was a lot of coaches that probably weren't mm. like the best coaches and they were just ticking off hours yeah so maybe this is meant that there's there's less coaches but maybe the, the quality is a bit higher or you know just the experience that those coaches have had and like you don't have to be the best rider in the world to be a great coach um and just because you're the best rider in the world doesn't mean you will be a good coach yeah so it's you know that kind of but i mean in australia level two coaching is the highest that you can get and so there's level one or level two that that's that's yeah. all there is um and there, there are like a heap of level ones and I, like i i get to work with lots of different ones around this different states that i i coach in which is really cool but it's kind of like there's the same handful of of main coaches and 
yeah, yeah yeah so it's the same sort of yeah group. and so i think that five hours every bike chain is probably is is all right but you know if if you want to be awesome like any other sport you got to go to coaching once a week uh, yeah 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 so i mean five hours as a mandatory thing is okay cool but if you're a parent and you do want your kid or if you're a kid and you want to be good then get as much coaching from as many different people as you yeah. can because you know i coach differently to yeah. every other coach and yeah. you might pick something up from me that you don't from them and vice versa and so yeah my, my big thing is yeah do coaching yeah well that yeah. like i never i never did any coaching like as a kid i was lucky because my dad was a pretty good racer yeah so like he in terms of and it's funny now like with the jiu-jitsu stuff that i'm doing it's all coaching like all i do is yeah. like i just go and train, i get train, train. Yeah, yeah i just yeah. get coaching every, every day yeah. <laughs> yeah and oh like there's like more stuff to learn i guess but it it's really changed the way that i look at motocross now like i've been in this sport my entire life and now i have like a new like perspective on stuff because there is this intense focus on coaching and drilling and it's all that you're doing and again it's like you can like this dude's a world champion he knows this this guy knows this so it's like what you're saying makes sense but in my head that was never something i did in in motocross yeah yeah and it's super fun and it's super cool seeing like now say like i'm going to mckay gun valley this weekend and best track in australia yes absolutely i'm pretty stoked to go there definitely a draw card that i have gun valley oh, can, I come? <laughs> can i come get some coaching yeah, sure, come yeah. On. um i yeah about half the half the entrance are you know over 20 year old dudes so for me as a female in this industry for that many guys to want to pay money to come and get coached by me is, that's sick, that eh? just it makes me feel so good yeah and it's like that's exactly it and that's what i want everyone to see that I mean, more dudes ride bikes than girls, but the only reason is is because more dudes ride bikes than girls. Yeah, like, girls yeah. will bring girls, and you know, it's just like that because it's the way it's been. There's no real reason for it. Yeah. So. Well, so uh, my girlfriend started working at MX store, mm-hmm. so and now she's like, "Fuck, she scares me" because she's like, you know, when chicks don't grow up racing bikes or riding BMX, like I feel like guys i could be fucking speaking out my ass here <laughs> i feel like guys have a different appreciation for like crashing and speed and like getting on a bike and like going fast like i have like ultimate respect for my bike because it spent my whole life spitting me off yeah so then rick she's like this looks awesome and then she gets on a quad and puts the throttle to the stops and just <laughs> absolutely holds it like she's going around the the my mate's track at his house every turn dude, and just like hang, just hanging on to this thing and i'm like ricky no you've got to stop this isn't how this motocross thing works <laughs> there's a thing called throttle control and you need to learn it but it's like it's funny that um yeah like the, all those girls at mx store they all ride and yes. like they all just went up and did the um the ladies was it like a ladies day that was just on yes, up this is my... oh, the women's trail right there yeah go. so was, i ran this event so was that that was yours yeah, right? i thought it was 130 yeah. women just that's come so out good. of the woodworks to Green Park, the other best track in Australia. So you where's, know, where's that? Oh, that's Conondale. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is awesome. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, like, and from the club's perspective, they were like, holy Jesus, there's this 130 potential club members that we hadn't yeah, thought of yeah. tapping into. Yeah. And then I, you know, I welcome them and invite them out of their comfort zones because a lot of them had never done a trail ride before and had never gone anywhere without their partners yeah riding um but yeah you you spend the time you put in the effort and there's 130 that's so good other riders that yeah. showed up and had a bloody good time well it, it was really cool like for ricky to come home and be like all of those girls like it, i felt like my dad because she come <laughs> it was like she was coming home and be like 
All the other girls got to do it, and I'm like, no, you're it, not riding the bike. It was free for MX store girls too. Yeah, well, I just, I was a bit, I was just a bit late to the party. You know what? In hindsight, now after, like, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but mm. after, I wish I put some effort into like getting her a bike and like going up and doing it. I think. Are you going to do one next year up there? Yeah. So every year, so July, no June. 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 June every year. Um, we'll be there the club's year. really happy. And then November out at QMP have the natural train motocross oh, track okay. closed off. So I did one in November last year. I might get on for the first that one. Then. Yeah, and that was really cool because then there was like time to watch all the other girls and hang out and it was like kind of fifteen minutes on, like forty five minutes off, fifteen minutes on, forty five minutes off, like yeah, like cool. a normal motocross yeah. practice day, but all girls. That's and sick. it was just a cool vibe and camp out together on the Saturday night and hang out and get to meet other chicks. So my my like tagline is creating a women's dirt biking community. Yeah. And and that's exactly what Conondale was, so the Husqvarna Women's Trail Ride. Like, did that blow away your expectations? Oh. 130 girls. Oh yeah. What were you well, expecting? Well, no, no. So numbers, I wasn't sure what I would get, and I was, you know, what was, were you going to be happy scared. with? Well, I actually capped it at 100. Okay. Seniors, and I got my 100 seniors, and then it was just as many juniors as I could get. Yeah, cool. So I ended up with 100 seniors and 30 juniors, and so you know, for a month out or whatever, I knew I was going to get my numbers, but then. I didn't. You just never know how it's going to go. Yeah. You've got, you know, I've ne- nothing like that has ever happened in Australia before. There's been ladies, crazy, ladies yeah. only like point to point trail rides and things out in the high country and and stuff like that, but not like a come and set up and it just all girls. So we had dads there obviously because it's junior girls need their parents. Um, but as far as riding, it was only only girls. girls riding. And so like the thing is, we're encouraging you to come along on your own. So I had mechanics there, Husqvarna mechanics, um, and like MotorX um, there as well, like helping out. And so we had the help if you needed it and heaps of cool sweeps. And I had four chick sweeps as well, which was yeah, really cool. Sweet. And a couple junior ambassadors so that other junior girls could see junior girls Who rip. ripping it yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. So um, Maddie Simpson and Addie McQueen, two really cool little girls. Um, and But yeah, I got them all there and it was like they created the, they created the vibe. Like obviously yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I can't be like help one another and look out for one another. And, and But they all did and all the feedback I got was, yeah, you stopped on the side of the track for f- like two minutes to have a drink and six girls pulled up. Are you all right? Like, yeah, that's yeah, it. And they all just made friends and got to know one another. And I sent out a survey and the feedback was, was really positive. And one of the questions was, did you make friends with someone new? That's cool. That, that you were pr- like more than likely going to catch up with and ride with, and it was like a ninety-eight percent yes that's rate, so and good. that's the idea. Yeah. So, so I don't have to put on the events; they will do it, and then and then also the idea because I have been copying a little bit of flack for oh, if we had a men's only event, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we kind of do, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's what I, you know, that's yeah. that's my thing. It's called the MX Nationals. Every, Fuck off. <laughs> every event is pretty much a, a man only event, like a male only uh. event. Um, and so I'm not saying like don't ride with boys, you know. Yeah. yeah boys i'm saying come we'll create this like no intimidation environment well, i was gonna say yeah the thing no is, one's hooning up behind you making you feel like you should go back to the pits yeah, and yeah. then you'll get more confident know what you're in for you'll get your little posse of girls together and you'll go to a trail ride just a regular old trail ride and then that's how it's going to grow because girls aren't just going to go necessarily on their own and i shouldn't say all girls because obviously i did it there are other girls that do it yeah you know but predominantly girls feel a little bit intimidated in that usual environment so we're creating a bit of a different environment to get confident the the thing is with the like the whole inclusion equality like it's it's definitely a topic that everyone's talking about across like multiple like it's everywhere now the thing is is like there's definitely some stuff that pisses me off where i'm just like it's so far left that it's now not even 
I don't even want to entertain the idea. But the the truth is always in the middle of that stuff. And I think that as long as that it the problem is like when you've got extreme views on how something should be and it's like uh that I mean there's a million examples now of like, you know, guys shouldn't be allowed to do this. Guys shouldn't be allowed, no one should be allowed. But that's like not what you're doing. No. Like and the thing is is like I've been to tracks where dudes will try and intimidate me. Yeah. So it's like we we can't sit here as guys and be like we're, oh, not, we're not scary. Oh, as if that ever happened. I'm like, dude, you've fucking done that to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. we are in an environment and it's a dangerous game. There's a massive speed um, discrepancy between a girl that's first learning to ride yeah. and then even the average male rider. Yeah. And it's like you want to create something that's safe, something well, that's enjoyable. We just need like a chance to catch up because yeah. it has been a dude sport for like 100 years. So we just need a little bit of time to catch up. And then, you know, in hopefully 10 years time you won't need ladies only events yeah because half the people at a trial ride will be ladies and the the thing too from just like a social standpoint like my whole i've put tons of thought into it because i an opinion like this like you don't want to have it without like really thinking about it and i think that what us as guys have to think about is like yeah it has been our sport for a hundred or whatever years yeah and i just it, pulled that number out of, yeah no but i mean it probably was in <laughs> yeah not 100 years is probably not but since yeah. the 20s or 30s or whenever people started riding bikes but it's like you you got to go way back to when what was happening at that time so culturally women were doing one thing and men were doing another and there was a huge split between that the guys were the ones that had the jobs in factories the factories are where they built the bikes so it's like there's a different level of access that stems really far back and you've got to go far back to understand and like i think the thing that's frustrating is when people want to just like live in they they only have perspective of this time to be like (laughs) oh well a girl can go buy a bike and they think that just because of that the sport should be different yeah. it's like it takes time to catch up like we lived in such a different time for so long and we got we're at the point now it's like okay you need to be open-minded there's a reason why it's like this it's not out of i don't think there was ever a vindictive male organization yeah, that, that has tried like to ban women yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that's not the case but it was like that for a while of it's just access and interest and things like that. Mm-hmm. And now, like, we were just looking up before we just had Harry in here and we we're just looking up living standards. Australia's in the top 10 globally for living standards. Mm-hmm. Well, that means people have time and they've got money. And it's like now girls are like, all right, I do want to get a bike. Yeah. You can do that. You've got everyone's got access. We've got the time. And now I think that because of that, everyone get together and go, what's what's some barriers to entry? And it's like, let's knock down these. If there's any of these barriers to entry and that no one's got to be right or wrong to do it. It's just like, what are the current barriers of entry? And I think that the intimidation is a big thing. Um, And the information as well. Like, so even me trying so hard to give the girls every bit of information they need without being patronizing as well, because a lot of the women that come along to the trial ride have been to trial rides and they know what they're doing. Like they've raced before and whatever. But then like one, one thing that I didn't say was bring your own drinking water because like, you know i would just assume because i've been to how many ever races races. and trail rides that you take drinking water but then you know when i got that feedback i was like yeah well shit like i told these girls to come to this event and i'd give them all the information and they've never done anything like it so they thought they'd be drinking water there like so yeah, yeah cool like and so even me with trying so hard not to assume a level of understanding and knowledge and ability and confidence I still assume some. Yeah. So yeah. And, and even like the tracks, you know, there was a couple of bits that, that were a bit tough, but you just, you don't know. Yeah. And all the girls got through and it's, and that's why you ride bikes 
because you do something that's tough and you feel yeah, really good about it easy, afterwards. Yeah. Like it's not supposed to be easy. And so the girls got that. And so same thing, like the feedback was, you know, two girls said it was too easy and, you know, four girls said it was too hard and everyone else said it was just right. So, and you, you can't, you but, can't like make it perfect for everyone. Nah. So do, I'm pretty about, happy with that feedback. Do, 90% of the dudes that rode the six hour at Conondale last year said it was too hard. Yeah, it was my husband's first and last Mick, race. Mick was one of them. <laughs> I, remember, I remember talking to Mick, he's like, it's fucking too hard. Yeah. It yeah. was, that was Actually, hard. you know what? That's the other barrier to entry. You have guys who around a track, they wreck it. The girls over the weekend, because the vintage guys had rode at Conondale the weekend before. So we used a lot of the same tracks. The girls smoothed out the track. Yeah. At the end of the weekend, the track was smoother. And so that's a scary thing, you know, big, muddy, horrible ruts and stuff. And that that's that's a scary thing. Mm. Whereas when you have just girls on a track, tracks don't get that, get as rough. And yeah, so it's true. that, cool, this is this is a taster. And that's what my, like my trail ride was, a really fun, cool environment and a taster of what a trail ride is. And then obviously you go to an actual trail ride and it's going to be people who nut behind you and 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 wreck tracks but hopefully you're confident within yourself that that's not going to affect you and you're yeah. going to keep riding and having a good time i think though like you know with um like with the jiu-jitsu stuff like we got girls that train with us and it's you have to have the um the knowledge and the just like the consideration like if i roll with a girl even if she's like a higher rank or whatever, i'm way stronger i'm way bigger and it, I can't, I can't control that. So like as a result, but you know what I mean? As a yeah. result, you have to change the way that you do stuff because otherwise like there's no fun for them and it's no, like I don't get anything out of it either. And yeah. I think that it's, you know, the people that are arrogant enough to say like, oh, that's, well, I don't have guys, oh, like that kind of attitude. It's yeah. like, but you've got to realize like it, it is, it's a different thing. Like when people play different sports or they're different you know like that's why we don't have guys playing with girls in rugby there's yeah. too much there's too much of a difference to make yeah, it fun it, for it, the other yeah, person like apples and oranges that old argument and, which, and yeah, we're trying I, to make it fun for people yeah. and it's like if you're putting them in a in a arena where it's very hard for them to have fun or the elite elite top one percent like you can have fun at this you had more fun than mick but you're <laughs> elite you know yeah. so it's like you can't expect that because the top one percent should be able to compete with that group of people yeah that what happens to the 99 percent of people are they fucked because we're too well, how do you get that one percent too like if, exactly if, where do they even start how do they get into it how do they become the one percent mm, yeah no, that's a good point and then so like with back with the racing thing it's been i've been thinking about it a bit lately and it's Myself, Jess Gardner, Taylor Jones and Emily Carlson have been like were the four in Australia for the last like decade. Yeah. Pretty much. And unfortunately we've all pushed each other and we've all managed to, you know, scrape and save and sacrifice and or get you know, get good support or, you know, find a way to be able to do it full time to yeah. an extent. But it's just left this big gap and it's and it's been really hard, I think, for anyone else any other girls to come through because they come yeah. and they give it a go. And it's like that, a victim of your own success. Yeah, kind and of. then we're kind of like, I know it sounds bad, like we're smoking them. And then it's cool, like Taylor's gone to GNCCs and is killing it. Um, I don't race anymore. So it's Jess and, and Emily, which it's really cool. It's left that it's left a podium spot yeah, open, yeah. which is then those girls that were always, you know, fourth, fifth and sixth can fight one another and push one another to try and get that third place and I think catch up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, because cause how else... Well, it may, get there? but the, that same thing can be said for motocross in the US at the top level AMA. Mm-hmm. What what dudes you see on the podium? 
five guys. Yeah. 35 other dudes don't have a chance. Yeah. And it's so it's like I just think that it's just the way that sport goes. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, at the Worlds, like I stopped racing Worlds 2000 and maybe 16. So 2017, I still raced the six days, but I didn't do any of like the privateer enduro world championship stuff. And cause I, I realized that I'd got to a point where I, I was fourth and I'd get a third every now and then, but I wasn't going to get any better without more support, but I was not going to get any more support without, without getting, getting better. better yeah. And so I just hit that spot and, you know, I'd funneled a lot of money and time and effort into it. And I, it was brilliant. Like I had five amazing years and some cool experiences that money can't buy. Mm. But it was like, am I going to dig myself a financial grave that I can't get out of? Or am I going to say, you know what? I achieved almost what I set out to. And I've, I've, I know that I've done the best I can possibly do and just be really happen with it. And yeah, so I walked away in 2016 and I'm, and I'm glad I did. It's um, that what you said then is something I've been thinking about heaps lately is like the stuff that money can't buy. Mm-hmm. That's sort of as I'm getting a little bit old. We're, we're both about the same age. I'm 31 this year. You're 30. I just turned 30, yeah. Yeah, okay. So like... I'm a veteran. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that day in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't think about that. I'm, I'm doing that shit too. <laughs> um, but like the thing that like I'm really excited at the moment on stuff that you can't buy. And that's where like the jujitsu stuff come in. Like you can't buy some like the stuff. Like if you get a new belt, you can't buy it. You can't walk in any gym in the world and go, "Hey, can I get money? Yeah, I'll buy that." <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. like, "No, you can't do that." Yeah. And then, but I think that there is it's those experiences like the the six hour. Like I mean, you're buying that. You're buying an entry or whatever. But it's well, Unifilter gives me one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Unifilter. Wigan, 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 Wigan. Team Gypsy game. Nice, nah. nice. Um, but, you know, it's like you can buy an entry, but you've got to do the race to get the feeling. Yeah. You know, and it's like money can't buy the – It's and it's not the pl- – I don't – I couldn't – I've raced four of those six hours. Or, I could not tell you where we come in any of them and yeah. granted it's because we did dog shit but like i don't care <laughs> if you won you'd remember hey <laughs> <laughs> I, I think with those six hour events and like you're actually an asshole if you go there trying to win yeah. you know what I mean? if you if, tell people like if well, you're on the line elbows look, up i have stacked this won. year's no we didn't nah. win we got second so it was me my husband and his best mate and neither of them had ever raced before oh. so and, and we got second and i had a a big crash and got the chain guide all stuck. Oh, I don't remember. But I ended, up, I ended up doubling um, Rosie Lalonde in. Oh, really? And we shredded. We were overtaking people. So I had my... She was on the back. Yeah, so she was on the back. I had my legs You're out in front kidding. of me. And she was on the back and she was doing brake and gears. No. And going through the grass track. Like, because we had so much traction because we were so heavy. The two yeah. of us. Like, we were just... Like it was, it was actually the highlight of the event. <laughs> so, so. see, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, that's like, I don't know. They're to me like those experiences. Yeah, and I like, went and told Wigan like, oh, you know, look, I cheated. And he's like, nah, this, this is transmoto. That's not cheating. You got in. You did your lap. Like, that's the best. <laughs> eh? like, yes, that's like the one thing I always tell people. I'm like, if you want to, if you go there and you're like trying to win, you're a dick. Yeah, just yeah. leave that shit. Go at, to the ARC. Yeah, leave that shit at home, bro. Like yeah. the winner can win, and that's fine. But uh, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't want him to try. I don't want him to talk about it. I don't want him to care about it. Like, yeah. And that, but Go there to have a good time. And if you win, we'll sick. 
yeah, yeah but it's yeah. like but i don't know i always leave those events like because i'm battered and bruised and like i've had some massive crashes at those <laughs> at those things but i don't know it, like you leave you're doing it with your mates it's like mm-hmm. that's an experience that you know i guess you can buy it because you buy the entry but i don't know that feeling money yeah. you can't just buy that feeling yeah. from somewhere well you can't yet yeah, buy your way across the finish line you still gotta do it yeah, yeah yeah so i don't know that's that's the stuff that as I get older, I'm like, that's what I want. I don't want things. I want that. I want that feeling. Well, in the middle of my career, like as a girl racing bikes, like you don't get paid really. Um, so for the first couple of years, I was like, yeah, I, I race bikes and people give me, you know, enough money to do it. So I'm stoked. Like anything anyone wants to give me, like I love them for it. Yay, fantastic. And then there was a sort of a few years in there where I did get a little bit bitter and like played a bit of the victim like you know i'm putting in all this effort as much effort as the boys yeah you know and i don't not yet i don't necessarily expect to get paid what the boys get just yet i think we've maybe got a few more years of of hard yakka um and and a bigger field as well like obviously you know the the lower the base the higher the peak um but you know the 10 percent is not remotely you know hobby money when that you're expected to put in a job amount of effort that's that's not right um, and so I was like super cut about it for quite a few years. And then the last few years of my career, I was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm putting in a big effort. I'm hopefully making it, making a change and helping to make a change so that girls that are juniors now can, you know, can get paid enough money to actually make live. a career out yeah, of Yeah, like kind of, you know, I've, I'm 30 and I haven't earned any money before because I race motorbikes, but that was my choice. And so I realized that that was my choice. And I'm, and I'm happy with the sacrifice that I made. And I didn't quit because I had to buy a house or whatever. Thanks, mm. thanks John, for paying the mortgage for all those years. I raced world championships. <laughs> um, She's going to start paying now, so you don't have to pay anymore. Yeah, I already pay, I pay some now, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and what, what I got from racing bikes is worth so much more than money in the bank account. It, it taught me so much. And I had so many experiences and met so many cool people. And, like, some of them, you know, drives around Europe we did like road tripping from the center center of france to estonia through like poland and lithuania and latvia and stuff like that and just the cool people like doesn't matter what language you speak you know what country you live in if you ride bikes you've ride enduro you're part of yeah, the family the like, are pretty universal yeah, yeah. The, the enduro family we always called it so you know I've, I've just done some cool things and i've learned some cool stuff and now like i have the ability to run myself as a business and get myself around australia and you know and have 25 people enter an event and then be happy with the communication that I give them and that's from well a couple degrees in there as well but that's like from black so yeah yeah. so I mightn't have money in the bank but I have more than money can buy so I have to be happy I feel a similar way about the stuff that I did in the US like when I come back I didn't really have much money I had a couple cameras or whatever but Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like I mean, I do it all again in a heartbeat, yeah. but I think that it's the stuff that when you do things for the right reason, that it then comes back. And I think that like this podcast is a result of what I did. Yeah. And I think that it's like at the time I wasn't doing it because I was like, all right, if you just slog it out and you just <laughs> yeah. work hard, then when you get home, you'll start, you can do this pod. Like yeah. it wasn't like that. It's almost like that blind faith that your heart's in it you're doing it for the right reason and, and if, things evolve like exactly organically, yeah. yeah yeah so and i think that that's you know obviously you're seeing like the fruits of those labor like you might not have been getting paid the way you wanted to off racing but it's like you've now got a, a career that in what you do and you're an ambassador for so many different brands and like man everyone like when i was telling people that you were coming on the show everyone that's involved with you cannot speak highly enough of you cool. and that's 
that's a super meaningful thing to like go through and there's not a lot of people that go through a career racing and then people have only got good shit to say about them too which is yeah. you know that's sort of another testament well, as well my my thing was always because i obviously didn't get paid so it was all of you know like fox did this event um a couple of years ago um fox ride something forget but um it was all like bmx wakeboarders downhill mountain bike riders motorbike riders and we all got together all the different athletes and some of the other athletes you know sort of looked at it like oh it's part of my job i have to come and do this i could be doing other crap and i was yeah. like are you kidding me like this is the bonus i get to come and do this and meet these cool people and have this experience and it's something that like money couldn't buy hanging out and yeah. like hume with all these freaking cool dirt bike riders and mountain bike riders and wakeboarders and shit um so yeah i always tried to turn a sponsor into a friend as well was my thing like because yeah that, that's only going to be good and so yeah. i did in like you know those 15 years i turned all sponsors into friends so when i had to make that awkward monday morning call when i quit racing at newcastle mid-event and just rode into the back of my van and drove away <laughs> and i you know promised everyone, everyone like, i would finish and everyone thought i was pregnant of course but um i had to make that call and said look you know i, I just i don't love it and i just couldn't do it anymore so what so talk us through that event from like <laughs> you, like the week leading up to it and then like the event to the point where you rode off in the middle of it okay um it i want to hear that story that's gutsy okay <laughs> it was so mid-season break last year in aorc it was quite a bit of time off because i have like fink and have and stuff like yeah, that so yeah. it was this break did you ever do a fink sidebar sorry no you ever no do never that? no no, I don't, I don't really like going that fast. It's scary, crazy, yeah, it's yeah. scary, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> um, I'm all about going like 40Ks through the trees and it feels fast. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we finished up. Like, I wasn't loving that season, but I thought I'd just get into the swing of things kind of thing. And I did, I did the four-day in Cessnock and I got up on the podium and thanked everyone and said it was my last ever four-day because I knew I was going to retire at the end of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so... So those thoughts were in your head Yeah, already. it was already in my head. And then um, got married, which was... We got married... John and I got married on our 12-year anniversary and we'd been engaged for six years. So it was something that was like... We'd waited a really long time and it was finally happening because I wasn't racing world championships anymore and stuff like that. And so it was such a big focus on the wedding... And then we had this month, you know, honeymoon in Samoa and it was glorious. And then it was like, oh, I gotta shit, race again. I've got to go racing. And I like, I was crying about it and like like ringing Fox or ringing Unifilter or like ringing whoever it would be to be like, I'm not going to go. And then like hang up and be like, no, you have to go. You promise. Like you'll go. You have to go. So we drove all the way down and like I was a miserable sap and That's John, crazy, John got yeah. me there. And so I walked tests and I was like walking around like, like being the sourest sourpuss ever. And I was like, you know, this isn't me. Everyone knows me. I was a smiley person. So, and then started racing. It was a, it was a proper enduro, like time card enduro. So we went out in the morning and did a first test and I come in and John's like, you want it. Like, and then he thought, all right, she's going to pull her finger out of bum now. Like she won the first test. So did you tell him like the whole way there that you were over it? Like he was like, he was actually the reason I ended up there. Like he was like, you have to do what you've promised people. Like you have to do it. And so I went out and trail and I was just like, I got overtaken by like 15 people and like, you know, when you're just like on the verge of tears and yeah. I could just feel it like in my throat. It's and like stuff. stuck right there. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what are you no, doing? No, boys don't cry. Yeah, boys don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> Never cried in my life. Not and, even as a baby. And then we got into the pits and like where there was, so you, you, you did the test, you went out and did like a couple, like an hour to a trail or whatever it was. And then you come in and you had to do another test and it was a bit dusty. So I had to overtake all those people that had passed me in trail because i was riding like such a noonga 
so I pulled in I was like all covered in dust and hate and laugh and you know I rode for Yamaha for the 10 years that I well probably even more than that like the 15 years I raced world champ oh, sorry Australian championships I was with Yamaha so the boss of Yamaha Ray Howard walked past and I'm having a cry and he's seen me cry a lot over my career it sounds like I cry a lot um and he was like oh you're crying again Wilson and I was like yeah I really don't want to go out like I, I don't want to do this anymore and he was like oh I'll see you on the podium I was like oh shit so John's like, you know, that's a pretty cool thing to say. Like, wiped my eyes and put my helmet back on me and said, "Go out there." So I, I went out, lined up for that test that I'd won. He's like, "You won this test, like first time round, you're good." And I took off, and I legit nearly hit every bloody tree out there, and just so just full head nod. Like it was just horrendous, and I rode across the finish line, like and ready to go out for like another whole looper trail and test and stuff. And John was standing there, and, and I was just like miserable, and he's like you don't have to do it and I was like will you still love me if I don't finish and he was like yes and I was like okay cool and then I rode <laughs> and I rode my bike into the van and and I took my time car back to the the scorer so like Jan Walden anyone who knows Enduro knows Jan she's been there forever and I was like here's my time card Jan and she's like what are you doing oh are you, are you injured and I was like no I'm, I'm fine yeah, mentally I'm yeah, fine I'm <laughs> yeah and she goes oh is your is your bike all right bike's fine bike's really good she's like are the tracks no good are you kidding me i love dungog like dungog tracks are sick she's like what are you doing i was like i don't want to do this anymore she's like oh, okay like all right so and then it was that was saturday so i obviously drove home and was a bit miserable and rang all the family and then yeah rang all the sponsors on on the monday morning and i told them that i was still going to continue because i've been running the fox women's off-road camp out so ladies only 18 plus no kids allowed no husbands like it's just a cool really cool environment um for five years so, and I already had a, a lot of other coaching stuff and like the ride day out at QMP, like sort of organized and, and I already had things happening. And so I told everyone that I was going to continue on with every other aspect of what I do. I just wouldn't be racing anymore. Um, and they all stayed on board, except uh, obviously I changed from Yamaha to Husqvarna and um, Husqvarna totally get, you know, pioneering is there. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, now they're pioneering with me to create this women's dirt biking community in Australia and it's amazing and I've ridden so many bikes like i always had a 254 stroke and now in the last six months i've ridden like everything and i just love every one of them and i can't pick a favorite so yeah and and you know what it changes as good as a holiday as well yeah and i'm working with paul barrick at mpe Caloundra, yeah. who he did my suspension for the last 15 years so now to get involved with him more with the bikes and the suspension obviously has been really cool so he's someone that i've trusted and admired for you know since i was 16 or whatever dude i would have had mpe suspension when i was like oh 16 17 it was like <laughs> yeah. the shit yeah man. Like if you had like the mpe sticker yeah. back in the day <laughs> if you had that mpe sticker and if you didn't it was like you'd, people would look at you on the line and be like oh, look at that shit box yeah, you're gonna go shit yeah yeah so and and like the change was as well like changing from yamaha you know i rang paul and said look hypothetically like would you want to work with me because I want to work with you. And he was like, yep, cool, let's do it. And it's just Did he do your stuff at Yamaha? Easy. No, oh yeah, he always did my suspension. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like we were friends from forever. So it was just, do you want to do me Husky instead of my Yamaha? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, well, can you get me a Husky? Like, Because he sells oh. Huskies as well. So he's a Husky dealer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. So he's got the MPE suspension where he does all suspension yeah, still. Yeah, but yeah. then he's got the I didn't know he had a dealership. Yeah. So oh, that's he sick. had the Husseberg and then changed and Husqvarna. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and it was just, you know, 
an easy, really easy conversation and just working with someone that you know and trust and it's just been brilliant. And now Husqvarna obviously have gotten on board as well with the trail ride yeah. and, and I've got a couple of bikes and, and yeah, they've just been brilliant to work with as well. Yeah, the, like we were talking about it off air, like if I could have a bike to ride, like I just could got one bike, I'd get the like a ktm or a husky 350 yeah. like hands down they're so good traction control go anywhere <laughs> i didn't really i didn't well, really notice rider, you know? no i but i raced the in i raced the 350 enduro yeah. uh at six hour because i was saying yeah. i had the 300 but it's and the only if it's like real slick but it's i had like it rocky and then you put the traction control and you're stuck somewhere and all of a sudden you're not goes. stuck anymore like yeah. you just you just tractor and out of where you were well i did notice it on the grass track because i'd come out of the turn like because nathan crawford's like when you come out of a turn just hold it flat and i was like oh okay i'll just try that <laughs> and like it what it wouldn't step out like it was almost like a weird feeling yeah but I d- maybe i don't ride in it the- does, and i think it sounds weird too yeah, it and like, sort of sounds like, as a rider you're like, always yeah. like listening and yeah yeah it had yeah. like a weird like a flat like it had flattened out it wasn't yeah. revving all all the way out but it was yeah i don't know it was like weird to describe but i could notice it on the grass track but then in the tree i couldn't I don't know, but I don't really ride that much enduro stuff. And then I only ride twice a year. So, I mean, it probably wasn't a good gauge. Yeah. So I went out to Glen Echo Ride Park up past Gympie, um a couple of weekends ago and it was wet and they've got some like gnarly, rocky uphill sections. And I was on the 350 and we're cruising around and like I haven't done in that sort of riding in over a year now. And i was the end of the day and i was a bit knackered and we're going up and you know everyone's bikes are all hot and steaming and whatever and i've i've put on traction control and the whole time i'm going up this hill i'm thinking what are you doing with your body Gemma? like your legs are off you're just like oh just this passenger but because the traction control on i was literally like legit just point and shooting and waiting for everyone to keep working hard on the hill like so, so it works. I was that like, yeah, good. it works. So, That's sick. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll see if I can borrow one this year then. Yeah. But like I think um yeah, that we were saying before, like that three hundred blew me away. Cause Crawford was saying just put it in third gear and then just like kinda you can do ev- ev- everything in third gear. Like you don't have to change. You go first, second, third. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Go up if you need to, but you don't have to go down. And, and I just idle around. But then if you want power, holy dooly, it's there on the 300. Fast, eh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I just didn't believe him. So I did, I was going, I think I did like the 300 first and I did 350, then I did 300. And then I come back in and he's like, oh, have you been, you're just cruising in third. And I was like, no, nah, not really, eh? And then, because it, it is fast, like it's quite a bit to handle. Like yeah. if you're going first and second gear, like through the yeah. tight shit. And then he's like, dude, put it in third gear. So then I did, oh, Trento broke his foot as well. And then I had, so it was me, Trent and Wigan on a team. And then Trent broke his foot first lap. And then Wigan was just off like running the event. And then I'd come in and he'd be like, yep you just want to do another one and i'm like no i'm fucking done dude. i don't want to do i don't want to do this and he's like just do another one and i'll come back so then i went out on the 350 again and then i would just did that third gear everywhere and i was i was blown away that was like a riding a new thing yeah like i drove bikes yeah, my whole yeah, life yeah. and i was like oh this is like a new thing yeah i couldn't believe it yeah well like i said before with like my husband he's not he rides a couple times a year like it's not his thing but he's because i had 350 and the 300 and i sold the 300 to him and replaced it with the 150 because it's a bit more of a oh come and try this husvana bike not yeah. as kind of potential to loop out and hurt yourself like if you're not a confident rider um and yeah he, i've never seen him enjoy riding as much as That's he, so good. he just loves a 300 like yeah. and it's 
but yeah, like so Glen Echo, it's the first time we've been together 13 years and it's the first time we've ever gone somewhere and just ridden together and had a fun time for a weekend. That's awesome, And, eh? and he just rode forever and I just rode forever and I had the 150 and the 350 and swapped so between them. So the 150, just like the motocross 150? No, or it's do they do? Oh, so they yeah. do like... And the 2020s oh, road I want one of them. I want one of them. Yeah, so the 2019 is um, not fuel injected yet um, and it's not road registrable. So... 152 stroke electric star. I want one. And Paul lowered it 20 mil too. I've never had a lowered bike because oh. I was always like, oh, you know, it's only going to make it harder to get over things. But holy dooly, I feel so confident. And I still can't touch the ground, both feet or anything. But I can't like, imagine riding and not, like, I've got super <laughs> long legs and I can touch the ground from wherever. Well, my motto, I can't imagine that. My motto was always, well, not my motto, but the thing I always thought was Stefan Merriman's shorter than me, uh, Ricky Carmichael's shorter than me, and Glenn Carney's shorter than me. If they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So I never ever looked at like lowering a butt. But because this 150 is set up for people to jump on, because you know how like you've got your 125, sorry, yeah, 125 and like 230, like farm bike-ish yeah, bikes, yep, like Hondas yep, yep. and Yamahas. And then you've got 254 strokes or 125 two yeah, strokes. Yeah, there's, not there's like nothing middle in between. Range. So I was like, all right, well, this 150, you can you can ride it fast, but you can really just idle around like you can on the 300 as well. And it, it's got torque down bottom. But it's still a full size bike, so we we, we lowered weight, it a the bit. The weight yeah, too would so be light. so good because that's the thing that I feel like when I because I'll do the six out and I'll do day in the dirt. That's kind of all I really ride, and I might go to QMP or Willow Bank. Do a dust hustle too. Yeah, that's I've, so much fun. I wanted to do this year was just because I was doing all that jujitsu stuff. Like I took it super serious before yeah. the state titles, yeah. so I was like wrap myself in bubble wool. Like, <laughs> yeah, so maybe not. So I broke my finger. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to. I just don't want to get hurt. But like after, because we're doing the Townley tour. Yeah. So I got like the nationals for jujitsu, and then the Townley things the next weekend, and then uh, Dan the Dirt's the weekend okay. after that. So I got like. I'll have a month of just, I'm just going to go straight moto. Okay. It'll be a good change too, like yeah. from just training flat out. Well, the next hustle is North Brisbane flat track, Duh. which yeah. is really fun. Um, and that's like November. Really? Yeah. No, no, it's not November. It's September, September end of September. That'll be mixed going to look that up. So yeah, yeah. We'll figure that out. Um, so, yeah, that's so much fun. And like that one. What bike do you ride there? Um, so I rode the 701. Oh, that's at, cool. Yeah, QMP. So, and it had like road trials tires on it and so the slick grass track and I just slid out because I wasn't used to those tyres and it landed on my finger. Um, but it was so much oh, fun. Oh, so when you landed, you you didn't let go of the... Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, because it just happened so bloody quick. <laughs> um, and But I used to ride like mini bikes in it and so I'm going to try and get my hands on a mini bike, I think. What kind for, do you reckon? Well, I'd love like just a TC85, I reckon. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then... You know what I reckon would be super fun is one of those Honda 150, like the motocross 150s. Yeah. That'd be pretty sick because you got like a bit of that four-stroke traction. Yeah, well, last year I rode TTR 125 in it. That'd be tapped. Which, which was, it was fun. Like at yeah. the North Brisbane flat track, you you didn't go off full throttle yeah, like just, the whole time. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then it, you know, the um, it was the 65 and then Dust Hustle. Like oh, yeah, yeah. CC, which was sick. You know Aaron Colton? Have you ever heard of him? No. Have you ever heard of Aaron Colton? Yeah, he's a Red Bull dude. Um, he does like all the stunt riding for Red Bull, mm-hmm. and uh, he has a TTR one two five. They and are they are pretty wicked. Yeah, he puts the full flat like the flat track tires yeah. on it, and we're out at Paris Raceway one day, mm-hmm. and he just just the whole and just like just slide and like he'd like maybe back off a little bit just to try and get it to step out of it, and yeah. then just keeps going. I was like, dude, that looks like that looks like the move. Yeah, but I was talking with um Rosie Lalonde, who's the events manager at KDM and Husqvarna, and oh yeah, Rosie's yeah, the best. Yeah, Rosie. So 
over because they just did the, the launch for the Huskies in Finland for the 2020s. Oh, sick. And I don't know if you've seen anything on social media, but like Graham Jarvis and stuff riding around on the electric 50s. Oh. And they look sick. Really? So Rosie's like, we need to try and get one into Australia. And I don't know if I'm supposed to like say this publicly, because no, uh, but be maybe fine. I'll help make it happen because I really want it to happen. Yeah, you'll be f- but, Rosie's um, chill. Yeah, try, try and um, <laughs> get one of them for Day in the Dirt for the Dust Hustling. So That'd I can, I can race an electric 50 because that would be so freaking what, epic. So look, my recollection of Day in the Dirt last year is a tiny bit foggy. Yeah. So what... What was the dust type? Like, so you had the big everyone, track? Yeah, and then the, you had the little track, little like track. the mini bike track. Yeah. So is that, you could just ride anything, anything. on there. Because I just didn't get, I was like, what, everyone's on, like, look at that thing. That thing's sick. Yeah. Damn, that's <laughs> legit. But I was like, what? And I was picture like, me on that. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? Like, what's the rules to this race? Yeah. But it, there's, there's just anything. no rules. So, like, I rode the TTI 125 and the women's. And so, Rosie Lalonde was on the um, Freeride Electric. Really? So, she was a silent and I was pretty damn close to silent. And we were having, like, the epicest battle. It was really fun. And then I was on the 65 in the small bike burners. But then I went on the 65 with 450s and I beat them. Really? And it was so freaking cool. And there's like a heap of footage floating around of it. And yeah. And one of the dudes apparently is like works for Cassins or something. Oh, yeah. And in the, in the office. So one of the other guys took photos of me smoking him and then sent it to everyone at Cassins, uh, like in the whole office. And you're on a 60. And it was like a brutal race. At one point, like last lap, first corner of like the, the start of the last lap, old mates tried to come in underneath me. And because I'm down on the little 65. His front wheel like took all the skin off my elbow, but then he ended up crashing and I stayed upright and like it was a wild battle. It was sick. Dude, that that was seriously <laughs> the funnest weekend. My mate Brock, like when we were doing the drags, my mate, did you see Brock loop out the four fifty? I have a photo of it. Oh really? Dude, Brock. Did you see that when everyone was doing the drags? Were you watching it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah Brock. There's a, a few loop outs. I don't know oh, this particular oh, one. He's on a he's on a cow. He had like no shirt on, like footy shorts and just like a helmet and, and some shoes. And he's like, oh, oh. and he said to everyone, he's like, I'm just gonna loop it out. And so it was a full full on print and we're like, You're not gonna loop it out. He's like, Watch me, bro. And he's like, boop, 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 boop. And just threw it away and we're just like, he just did it. Oh, I've never like what kind of what other event is someone gonna say, Oh, I'm going for a loop. Yeah, out. I'm going for a loop. And then out, like yeah. it becomes the instant MVP of the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, that I'm so excited for this year. Yeah. No, you're good. AF clothing, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. He is the biggest lord. It was crazy to watch. It was awesome. He was ripping so hard on that on that six. I can't remember yeah, his name, man. He's, um, I he's such a cool it, dude. But yeah, he just, he just didn't think. I'm just trying to think. Shout out. He's a good dude. Yeah. He messages up a bunch he, of the podcast. I'm pretty sure, like, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he put his Harley through the wall at Brisbane Flat Track last year's stuff. <laughs> stuff. So I'm pretty sure it was him. He yeah. sends it out. Eh? Yeah, he Because he had, he had the Allen hangover yeah. thing, and, like, he was ripping so hard. And then those whole mm. boys, man, like, the whole fish-fingered crew, they, uh, look, they made that event. Something else. I'm interested this year, though, to see... I know. I've heard that it's going to be a bit tamer. Yeah. They're going to try and make it tamer anyway. Dude, it was so funny. Like No one really knew what to expect. And nah, that was things like... Things got hectic. You know what it's like? It was Woodstock. 
it was our Woodstock of motocross because like in the you know you're in the 60s you got all those bands playing <laughs> it pisses down rain everyone's yeah. in the mud the There's mud like, made it too it like, was so good really eh? it, yeah. but it was like that that weekend was so funny i didn't even get my bike out i just rode everybody else's bike because i was like i'm gonna get my shit dirty well, this is out of control last year i just set up with the yellow speed dudes at like around dust hustle um but this year i got a couple of girlfriends coming along and so I don't, I didn't, I don't know if like who won the best campsite thing. Did effort get put into that last year? Because like we, I'm throwing it down. We're putting some effort in us really? girls, and I think we're gonna win. So I reckon, I reckon <laughs> uh, the old fish fingered crew are probably gonna have it. They bought a semi, dude. They had oh, like it was, it was theirs, the party one. Oh the, yeah. Okay, but that was that was over the that top. was pretty reckless. <laughs> <laughs> But ours is going to be the opposite of that but really cool still okay what? just wait i'm not giving any more away all right all right all okay right. it's super cool and brownie's painting me a helmet that's going to be unveiled because it's oh. matching our campsite dude he's a guy i want to get on the podcast <laughs> he's the coolest guy he is. Brownie. yes i like i've known him for like known of him forever and like had a little bit to do with him but we weren't really mates but we went to vietnam together for the oh, black tour yes, in, um, yeah april yeah april may and so it ended up it was myself laura and elise so us three girls and him and then like a heap of other blokes world viewers and it was like we were the three hens and he was our rooster yeah and, like and we just had the best time together and like we we're on xr 150s and the tour leader would have a pillion so he was going pretty slow yeah and everyone was like pretty tame like you had a big mix of riders and stuff of course and we spent a lot of time on bitchman which Brownie and I weren't super impressed with. So we would duck off and do like sections of bush and then come back and then like Isle of Man it to everyone and then yeah. duck back off and do some bush and Isle of Man it to everyone. So like we made our own fun. It was it was pretty cool. But Yeah, that Yeah, but he's a legend. And they ended it last year. He was he was wild. He we we gave him we did a post like a post day of the dirt podcast and Maddie Phillips Actually, and Sam Moore. We talked about this round and I talked about your post event oh, podcast really? and how he got the shout out for me. Oh bro. Wild. He was like straight I, I took I gave the MVP for Day in the Dirt based on party ride ratio. Like because you couldn't just party and get the MVP. Well, look, you couldn't just ride. I feel like it could have gone to me because I did vomit on myself in my van and then 8 a.m. moto and I won everything I entered and I've never been so drunk or so hungover. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> so- You just weren't public enough. Brownie was public. Dude, I'm I, sneaky. <laughs> I legit pulled I legit pulled him out of a fire, eh? Like it because we were up when he had the chainsaw. The chainsaw yeah. So everyone's like, hey, he's like trying to start this chainsaw and then he gets it going and he's like and then he, he drops it and then it stalls and then he starts to get going again and he's just like he fell forwards while he was falling into the like he, but he was still pulling it so he's like hur, 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 hur. and then he's in the fire and then I was like fuck brownie and then I've grabbed him by the back he had like some ridiculous shirt on yeah, and, and I'm just hair yeah, and, stuff, yeah. and I've just like double gra- like grabbed both of the back of his neck and just like yanked him out of this fire and he was still going hur, hur, hur. <laughs> Didn't even so know like yeah like he's falling in and then he's falling out and the whole time he's on the chainsaw so oh. I was like I was like I've seen enough MVP and then like he he was doing the drags. He was on the dust hustle track. He was on the main. I was just like, you're a fucking animal, dude. Like, he, yeah. So he, and then Sam Moore, very hotly contested second because Sam Moore is a very, very qualified partier and but not that qualified of a rider. And he really dug in and, uh, and did both. So. Well, I was other way around. You're the overqualified rider. And totally underqualified partier. <laughs> like, and, but I swear I put myself to bed at like nine o'clock on the Saturday night. 
And last thing I remember is air kicking because I was wearing my Doc Martens and obviously you got to air kick when you're in Doc. <laughs> and, um, but apparently people were telling me the next day how we were having this, you know, this was happening at 11 o'clock and this was happening at 1 o'clock and, and I was like, a part I of to, it. I and like, I was I like, oh, shit. I, to, I was like, I went to bed at and that's um that's how young Henry's got involved with my camp outs actually was oh, day in really? the dirt we made friends because obviously I was having a good time shout out to Kempy yeah yes yeah. actually I got to pull into his joint and pick up ten cartons on the way home for he's my a, next few camp outs so. he's a man dude he's <laughs> yeah. he's a man he can ride good too yeah. he rides everything too he's got like four hundred bikes nah the um yeah it, it's it I'm I'm pumped that it feels like that event is has brought together like all the communities if yeah. that makes sense so what i was going to say as well then actually i'm also trying to get off the topic of all of the amazing things that happened day in the dirt <laughs> but uh so you know i raced raced for 15 years and then all of a sudden i've started doing some dust tussles and like day in the dirt i did my first ever transmoto at yeah. Conondale last year and it's, oh was that your yeah, first, it was my first yeah, ever okay. one because i was always so busy like you know professional racing to go and actually just have a good time racing and the people that i've met and it's just a totally different experience and I'm like and it's it's racing but it's not racing and it's it's so much fun and I'm so glad and you know like the Ella Speed crew that run Dust Hustle yeah you know like the you've, I've walked in and it's these group of people that are you know all around you know our sort of age and that do cool shit and they love bikes but they are also really you know talented business people and they're all like industrial designers at Ella Speed because they got yeah. the custom shop at, at West End and like they're just mad people who have it sounds it sounds like I'm not dogging motorbike people because obviously I am one of them. Um, but people that have lives outside of motorbikes yeah, as well because yeah. I've, I've just spent like my whole adult life in this bubble yeah. of all I do is bikes and all I care about is bikes and all the people I know, all they do and care about is bikes. And it's just been this real big change and eye opener that you can like bikes and still have so much other stuff going on. And yeah, You are fun. right, eh? I haven't thought about that before. But you look at Kempy and he would be like my example of that because I've become pretty good friends yeah, with like him through this. he loves bikes, lives and breathes on yeah. but has so much other shit going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You you know what? You're right because like, yeah, bikes has been my life until I, you know, went to America and then you come back and it's yeah. like, it's through bike. Through bikes, I've found other stuff. Yeah. Not the other way around. And then around. you can have like bikes in common but then learn and yeah. Like, yeah, from so many other aspects of people and like um the dudes from Village Bicycles, it's a, like a really cool bar restaurant Up in Noosa, Noosa Junction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So met them been there at, a lot yeah at, at <laughs> day in the so dirt good. and then a couple of dust hustle events and i had my 30th there which was a whole oh, that's fun awesome. and like i've coached them and their kids a couple of times and that's who we spent the weekend out of oh, glen echo really? with for that's awesome. 40th and and like you know they are awesome dudes who have a ripping business and that place is so yeah good. it is so cool and i was and so sideways the last like, time i was there yeah. <laughs> it was like four weeks ago <laughs> yeah they're just like mad dudes so that's another example of you know it's it's since day in the dirt that there are people yeah. that i met there that well that's the same yeah grown. that's the yeah. same kempy's like yeah. that for me like through yeah. through that whole crew yeah, yeah. It, and it's like man i just like i don't know if it was the same racing for you but it was just felt so serious all the time and like yeah. we were talking about this with todd the other day because todd waters he just went and did uh nabiak six hour mm-hmm. and he come home and he's like dude next year i'm gonna do like heaps of shit like yeah, that his socials looked really cool with his like yeah. his car and his 10 up top yeah. and like he and looks that, like he's just living it like a good life that's yeah. that's him like yeah. he's not doing that shit for the gram yeah. like he was so excited about camping on the side of the road <laughs> and it's like that's he's not you know not trying to do hashtag insta life sort of thing i know i'm all about the hashtag van life but life's got to be lyf like come on <laughs> 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 i 
<laughs> keep, keep an eye on my socials the next two weeks because I'm van laughing it up to Boston. So. <laughs> oh, that's a drive. And too. my van is lovely and whitewashed. I just got to chuck some fairy lights in and I'm good to go. You're solid. Yeah, you can get all the socials. <laughs> but like, and even Todd said that same thing. It's like all of this race, it just feels so serious. And then I went and did that event and I actually do get shit for people uh people message me when i like talk about the six hour and down the day and they're like oh go and do some other events not trans motor look i'm sure there is a lot of other great events out there and i just haven't been to them so i can only i don't get paid by trans motor there's not yeah you know what just, I mean? that's what you've done, this is so what we do this it, is where yeah. my friends go yeah. and i know mick goes to amazing rides and i do want to do it but like the 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 more like i'm not trying to plug transmodo and the six hour i'm not trying to it's not for them it's like i'm trying to plug what they're creating and yeah. the vibe and yeah, like killing it i want and that nabiak look like next level with like the smoothie guys there and mole max checks and like they're really creating an event they're yeah. not it's not a race well, they're making a vibe it's, in a, it's an event with a race involved and yeah. that's that's cool like that yeah, that's next level. And the, the moral of the story is like I'm frothing on it because of what it feels like when you're there. And I know there's other events that are creating that same vibe and it's not it's not just Transmodo. And also like – and I'm not knocking AORCs well, four days. Not it, I'm knocking that. It didn't happen this year. And like International Six Day Enduros and stuff because that's, that's just a different level of riding. And it's not for everyone though. Yeah. And so like my whole career I would always be like, come on guys, like we're all here for the same reason. Like yeah. we all want to win. Like no one's no one's special. You're not. You don't have it harder than anyone else. Like everyone has their own shit going on and yeah. like their own battles or their own like you know that it's all been smooth sailing and they're probably going to kill it this weekend. Yeah. But like we're all here for the same reason. Yeah. So and don't forget that. And I think sometimes we forget that. At, yeah. And at professional races. Oh, and yeah. even at like motocross races, like just sunny states or this the shit I do growing up. Like it just felt so serious and it's it is cool and maybe it's because you get those people like the village bicycle dudes or like the dust hustle guys where they do have a lot going on they do know that there's more to life than just racing yeah. and we're not not living in a in a bubble and maybe that's why those events are so good and yeah. it's like it's cool to keep that perspective of like this is this is what it should be like it should be so, like part of a whole life yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you yeah. yeah. always says at the end of his um so human from ellis feed at the beginning of dust hustles at the end of briefing he says like, you know, go out there, have a fun time, rah, 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 rah. Racing is cool, but being cool is cooler. Yeah, like, that's true. Eh? Yeah, and so for my trail ride, I was like, I'm actually stealing this from Hewan, but like, come on, girls, look out, go out there, have a fun time, look after one another, because racing is cool, but being cool is cooler. That's really good, so, eh? I like that. Yeah, and I think, and I always look back to, you know, I've been racing ARCs for 15 years or 13 years, and I don't remember who won every one, like, you know, but I know that Toby won a heap, and I know like Milner won a heap. Fuck Toby. And <laughs> 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 but I, I don't remember specifically, but I remember who were good people. Yeah, I remember 100%. who was there. You know, doing the right thing, good good sportsmen, and you, you know, know, treating everyone equally, whether they're winning or losing or somewhere in between. And that's what you remember. And you don't just be friends with winners; you'd be friends with nice, like cool people. Yeah, cool people. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, still fuck Toby. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might say out of that one. No, no. It's <laughs> like a it's like a running like so toby basically i'll tell people like he because i always get shit well like the way i talk to him on the podcast and stuff because to people he's like their hero you know what I mean? but to me him, yeah. but to me he's the dude that sleeps on the couch 
and eats all my food and my mum will cook special meals for him <laughs> every time it's like oh we're having dinner tonight toby what is what do you what do you want to-? i'm like fuck toby like so that's <laughs> like it's like an inside but i just say it every- and like yesterday he's uh I texted him last oh, last night or oh, replied to his Insta thing because he's like filming someone's golf swing, but it's like him as well as like it's a self. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Is your other camera broke?" Oh, I dropped the thing, and then I'm like, I'm like uh. "It's not always gonna be a selfie, bro." So anyway, there's context to it. I don't, okay, I don't okay. actually do love Toby. Yeah, but me too. He's uh, yeah, fuck Toby. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, what was it going to be my next thing? Toby threw me off my game. Um, I wanted, fuck Toby. Yeah, fuck Toby. See, even <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, everyone, everyone, yeah, you get it, you get it, I get it. Um, dude, we got like the gnarly. We did this um when Toby won Dakar. So this this is like how funny people are. So we made a whole podcast dedicated to how awesome Toby is. Mm-hmm. But I called him Tony instead of Toby through the whole thing, oh. <laughs> and I got like legit got hate mail. <laughs> it was so. I'm like. Do you not get that uh, I've just made a 35-minute <laughs> YouTube video on how good this dude is? <laughs> and they just, oh, that's it. People, uh, yeah, and people in, like, like people giving me shit in, like, different languages. I was like, all right, what are we doing here, people? Um, but, yeah, uh, I wanted to talk about what you were saying before about, like, some of the pay stuff. Mm-hmm. So you do, like, because I didn't realize how bad it was. For yeah, nobody does. So I want to give you a chance to because it kind of blew my mind. So I want to like let you blow everybody else's mind. Okay, well, like, and it's not and it's not me ripping on on Yamaha because I wouldn't have had a career without them. Like they were there for me for ten years and they gave me everything I needed to have a really like I've just said how much I loved it and how much I got from it. And you know, at the end of the day, they're a business, not a charity. So if no other manufacturer is going to pay a girl, so they might. They give product and, you know, parts and whatever. But Yamaha was the only one that was forking out contingency and expenses um, well, that I knew of anyway. Uh, so, you know, cool. Thank you. But it was, yeah, it was piss poor. So, I mean, and again, it's just rumors. Like, I don't know exactly what the boys get paid. But I know, I know that if I won both days at an AORC, I would only make $1,200 for the weekend. And covered expenses. So, it might, you know, I might be driving to Melbourne, which is obviously like heaps of fuel and things. But, you know, I would get all that fuel back and my entry back. But it's still, that's a week, you know, by the time I drive down there and I drive back because I didn't have team support yeah, or anything yeah. like that. And so you're making $1,200 to work, you, you know, you butt off and slog it out and you've put in, it's not just two days of racing. You've put in a lot of effort to win that two days of racing. So and you couldn't go to work work five days no, ask for the time off for the weekend yeah. go be well, there if you, did, you wouldn't win i was so gonna you, say so you then you're yeah. not so then so you're not making it and if you got 30 it was like 200 bucks you know so per day so 400 bucks you know which is which is, you know it's money but it's hobby money and that was my thing like us girls it's not a hobby we're putting in and you can make you can effort. make more money winning the uh open division white belt at the next comp <laughs> you can win 500 dollars <laughs> All right, come and give it a go. <laughs> no, actually, I'm pretty scared of fighting. No, so. but like, no, but that's that's actually piss poor because like yeah. that's the white belt is what you get the day you walk into the gym. Okay. So like that's pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, and then another thing too is like when we had the um, Australian Jurocross Championships a few years ago, the women got paid the same amount that the clubbies and the juniors got paid. So clubbies who 
they have a job. Yeah, just and to this is, off the And street. that's just what they, you know, they're going to come and give this enduro cross thing a crack. And juniors, whose parents are still paying for everything, which obviously their parents are going to be pretty stoked if their kids bring home a check from the event. But I thought that was a pretty clear indicator of where women's racing is unfortunately put on the scale of things. Yeah, I was going to say that sort of shows like the mentality, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, and like I said, I was bitter about it for a while, but that's not going to help anyone. Yeah. It, I had I to think keep slogging like, it out and hope that it could help it change. I, I do think, and that's why it's like, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to bring it up because I know it's not something that you're just out like carrying on about, but I think it, like when you told me about it, I was shocked. Like in, you're a full-time athlete. Yeah. And it's like, I get the argument of guys should get paid more based on what guy is like toby sells motorcycles right yeah Yeah. fair call Mm -hmm. and it's like he if you were on a ktm and he was on a ktm toby price would sell more motorcycles than you yeah but toby price is toby price so let's think like i'm not racing dakar i'm not leia sand yeah yeah okay so let's don't don't compare me to toby price compare me to like you know say like daniel milner milner or something Yeah, yeah yeah so daniel milner to me but I don't think I don't like he sells more bikes than me but not that many more I was about so that's yeah, what I was about to say yeah, so and I, it's not I don't sell 10% of what Milner sells yeah, yeah and that's what I was about to yeah. say I think that from a brand's perspective you've mm-hmm. got a massive jump from Toby Price to Daniel Milner Mm-hmm. So then, but he's not getting ten percent. Oh, maybe <laughs> he would. He would. He would be getting more than ten percent. Yeah, of he's what, not getting ten percent of what Toby's getting. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's it. The thing is, like, I don't even know if I like that analogy yeah. for like what somebody is worth because I think that what you have to as a business, what you have to do, like, there's a direct ROI, like mm-hmm. return on investment. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you give this this guy a million bucks you would expect a million bucks in sale in return now that's bullshit in motorcycling ricky come like suzuki i don't know when they stopped paying ricky uh for his cha- uh, sorry dungy suzuki was paying dungy while he was at ktm so like they couldn't afford to pay dunge i'm confused <laughs> but like so all of his contingencies yeah, yeah. and stuff so they were like still paying off what he oh, had won yeah, yeah, yeah. while he was on another brand mm-hmm. so like it was millions and millions and yeah, millions so of dollars no, in chance there's yeah. no there's yeah. probably not that return in motorcycles yeah. so that that's where i think people have to shift their thinking and that's mm-hmm. where i think a top tier woman that is at the top of their field, I don't think you should hold that person to an apples to apples consideration of like, what yeah. is she going to sell in bikes? I think that there's a bigger brand picture that you've got to talk about. like what comes first, the chicken or the egg as mm. well, because how can girls really accomplish what boys are accomplishing if there's no support? But also like brands want to wait till there's... Yeah, know, yeah, a full grids and we're absolutely shredding and then they will pay like so but someone has to come like well, someone has to come first who's responsible for building the industry yeah and so then like i said like i you know i keep saying like i, I do don't, too. I, don't I, like that. I do too it pisses me <laughs> off trust me um so yamaha's a business not a charity so i, I don't expect them to but i freaking would have liked them too because someone has to make the call someone has to do it first and so surfing's equal pay tennis is equal pay i just saw um charlie 
She's fox, she was a fox chick. I met her on that fox ride camp that I went on. Oh, I remember the name. Fox ride camp. She was a wakeboarder. And so you mean Charlie, the ten, Channel 10 chick? No, no. She's a young chick. She was still in school then a few years oh, ago. Okay. Um, and so she's sponsored by Malibu and like is oh, killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, she's still super young. She'd only be like, she'd be under 20. But yeah, I saw on her Insta um, that, you know, made history equal prize money today. So wakeboarding uh, yeah, equal okay. prize money. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's catching on. But I just hope that motorcycling isn't the last to, yeah. ca- to do it as well. The thing like is, someone though, has to, well, you know, and like I said, it doesn't have to be equal, but yeah, not like spit on my face money. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, like the same as yeah. a gym. Yeah. Because yeah. there is an expectation from like, I know Ray Howard, that dude wants to win. Mm-hmm. He and wants to win yeah. with everybody. And so like, it's like, Ra- yeah, Ray was fantastic. Like he was, he was the dude that I was in contact with for the 10 years that Yamaha supported me. And, you know, I have him to thank for, so much of what i did yeah so, but but yeah. the thing is though is like he wants to win like yeah. he gives bikes to people he wants to win he wants yeah. jay wilson to win he wants uh dean ferris to win when he's on yamaha he wants luke clout to win so it's like you there is an expectation that like if you're the top tier person on yamaha mm-hmm. that whether you're a guy or a girl you you like will be like in contention to win but it's like you can't win at these sports without literally dedicating your lives to these sports so it's like even but jats last year jats barely made minimum wage jackson richardson to race mm. for the factory honda team so it's like it, it is yeah, like, like I said, a, there's a gap it's a, in in the dudes as well and that world championships like i spent a bit of time in finland at dude's house petri sylvan who's awesome and if anyone's an enduro lover yeah. they will know who petri sylvan is but um there was a denny Philippartz who was an italian guy and he was coming six in his class at the world championships and yeah, he was on nothing. Yeah, but because he was sixth. But if he was third, there would have been something there. Yeah. So it, it, there's there's always that gap. There's first, and even in Australia, first you guys get paid really good money, and then the rest, and then is, there's a gap, and then there's yeah. nothing. The, and you're the, doing it for the love of it. Then the what you said before though about is like this chicken or the egg thing. Mm-hmm. It's bad business to to have that. Well, we'll hold out until they do good because, yeah. it, like, all right. So I'm like, all right, I want to have a the biggest podcast in Australia. But I'm not going to put any out until I have the biggest put. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. what you that's what you're saying yeah. in that ex, yeah. in that example. And it's like I am not going to I'm not going to make that happen without investing in it. Yeah. And to invest in that takes time, to invest in that makes takes money. Mm-hmm. And it's like that is what business is. And I think that it is I think it is lazy business for people to ignore one whole section of a market or an or a, a group of people or a demographic because they're just not making that much money yeah, yet. Yeah. It's like the potential's there, like 130 girls, girls yeah. for a Conondale ride day, yeah. uh, like trail ride. Right. And it's like, you have to have a bit of foresight and you have to, in business, you have to take risks. And it's like, I'm not saying pay every girl, but it's like when the top dog chick in yeah, sport, like, yeah, in, we, in this sport. We didn't get paid to go race six days. Like us Aussie girls won five international six-day enduro world championships in a row. And I, I know, didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, so myself, Taylor Jones and Jess Gardner, and then I didn't race Chile last year because I'd retired um, and Mackenzie Tricker took my spot and they won again. So Australian women are six-time world champions. And that's exactly, crazy. nobody knows. And so one year, like three of us girls were the Blue Crew team. Like, but we didn't get used in any sort of marketing, like you know. And we we won together for the, like, and that was like the fourth year in a row that was in Spain that year. Yeah. And it's just so this is a really good opportunity. Shout out to MX Store because the industry, our industry, can be really stale 
and yeah. inside the box thinking. And I have been working with MX Store for I know, a bit over a year now, I guess. And from the moment we started working together, I was like, oh they my get it. God, somebody gets yeah. it. Like, yeah. And so working with them is just fantastic. And they've helped me so much. And they are the first company to, to pay me dollars. Yeah. And it makes me so happy. And it makes me want to work so hard for them and do everything I can for them because they believe in me enough to actually give me money. <laughs> well, man, a hun- like they sponsor the show. Mm-hmm. And I was going around and I was talking to different people and I was talking to people that have been in the industry forever, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd get these emails back and it would say the most ridiculous shit ever. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't get it. You don't get it. Yeah. And then I was talking to to Jeff and the boys there. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this is what I want to do. We like to call him Hef. Hef. Yeah. yeah, he is kind Hef. of it. Yeah, Hef, right? yeah, kind of is. So yeah, I'm hoping it. that that really sticks because I've been trying that for a year now. Uh, so. t- wait, consider it stuck. Ah, yes. <laughs> consider it stuck. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. stuck. El jefe. Um, <laughs> but you know, like I talked to them, and and that's the thing is like with the with the sponsors like we don't have a lot of sponsors on here but it's like they have to get it because like this thing that we're trying to do like it's a couple people in a room and it doesn't look like a lot but there's like it's fantastic you should see the outside of this joint yeah oh yeah once you get outside yeah but you know like it's so many people listen and it's like we're trying to have a really positive impact on on people and it's like just because it's not the inside front page of dirt action or whatever it's like doesn't mean it's not valid and it's not new and it's like Mm -hmm. we can try things and you know i i want to work with those kinds of people and they they fully get it and like that's the thing that i said when i was having meetings with those guys as well and it was i left me i'm like cool they get it Yeah, you walk out with like a little hop in your step because yeah they get it so and that's the thing that you know and i've been through this shit with the filming like i was filming in 2007 when youtube wasn't even really a thing all my videos first went on vimeo like that's how long i was doing it and i was telling all these brands you need to make videos to put them on facebook and if you put it on vim and they were like nah not having it you know and you just it you always in any industry you get like that that group of people it's like we've done it this way for so long and we're not we're not changing (laughs) we know we know that it's right and i'd say like even with surfing like you you see it's so cyclical with like brands that are so established and you're like they will never fall real estate companies building companies like i got a friend that kills it in the melbourne real estate market because he's a little renegade and it's like that industry has been the same forever and it takes that person that wants to look outside the box Mm -hmm. and think about it differently and go you know what we will this is you know there's no proven track record for working with a girl like yourself and paying someone like you yeah running camp outs and trial rides and ride days yeah and you could shit on that in a million different (laughs) ways and it'd kind of make sense Mm. but when you do it and it works and you have a little bit of that like blind faith yeah and and like i wasn't selling out in the beginning you know with the camp outs and things but it's these things you know there's a bit of a snowball effect and they're starting to pick up pace and yeah and it's freaking awesome and and mx store like so fox women's off-road camp out so fox were the initial like they started that and some cool brands like unifilter force blockbuster they have always been on board with it and they've always been on board with me which is really cool um 
and now as it's yeah picking up a bit of steam and mx store's gone on board and because they are so good with their social media marketing it's crazy so yeah. having them on board is obviously fantastic and you know they go and shoot sick videos for every bloody range release every year and and why not because have well, that they, content yeah. it's a content rich world um yeah so working with them in that in that way has been like freaking awesome and yeah and just you know what having them i've always worked by myself me and my little office doing my little thing. So yeah. being, a, you know, in some aspect, obviously I'm not part of the MX store team, but I'm on the sidelines. So just to call them up and run some things by them or, hey, can you quickly proofread this for me? And, yeah, and yeah. you know, am I on the right track or whatever it might be? And it's not all the time, but just knowing that I've got them to call is, is really cool. And that's something that's really new for me as well. Yeah. Like having a bit of a, a team because it's always just been solo Gemma in a, used to be a shitty old transit van. Then I had to spoon my dirty bike on the way home. But um, now I have a big Mercedes and it's amazing. Van life, hashtag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so being, being a part of something bigger has been really cool. And um, with the, like, stepping outside the box and doing things a bit differently and how our industry is, like, so, like, stagnated. And, yeah. and everyone does it that way just because it's done that way. And then when someone does really well because they are a bit of a renegade and do it a little bit differently and then everyone's like up in arms like oh yeah oh, like oh, mx store so huge because yeah, they, they're thinking about the customer and what the customer wants and they're doing a bloody good job of it so that's they're business this, they're like, like i think they're the single biggest like door in australia like retailer yeah. in, in in australia and it's like duh yeah well so i went look over at what to that and the sorry to cut you off no, the, right, like right. the range release thing mm-hmm. awesome i love i love the fact they just dropped their Alpine Stars one yesterday. Mick said it to me. Oh, did you see the Alpine Stars range release? It's sick. They've mm-hmm. created a thing. And I like I've been doing so much thinking about uh just like the why behind even doing the podcast and like what are we what are we really trying to achieve here? And it's like I think the big thing, like when I when I really sat down and analyzed just the whole game of like what we've done. I've been in bikes my whole life. What's the stuff that stuck? Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that added to the culture. And I'm not sure if I've really talked about it on here that much, but you do something that's significant enough to add to the culture. A win doesn't add to the culture Mm -hmm. because another dude gets a chance to win the very next year. Mm -hmm. You look at something like Craig Dack Racing. That's added to the culture of Australian motorcycling. Jeff Ballard is a part of Australian motorcycling (laughs) culture. (laughs) Jeff Leesk, he added to Uh the culture. There's, There's these people that come along and they're the ones that yeah. stand out. And I you, don't, you don't remember know. their wins. I, I was going to say, but you know, them I don't know their, what, their personalities and their yeah. input and their character. Yeah, hundred uh-huh. percent. And I think that there's things that you can do that add to the culture of motorcycling. And your your female trail ride in ten years could be like what you just did a couple of weeks ago could be culturally significant for motorcycling in Australia. Mm-hmm. And because of that it's a thing that will have legs and will last there's so much flash in the pan shit or people that are like they've got this big distribute uh, distribution warehouse they've done the same thing forever they're moving their product same sort of blah 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 and then that that's cool they established that was you know they're almost grandfathered in and then you get someone like mx store that comes in and like you know what they do they add to the culture they give people like you a platform to work Uh they give dylan long a chance to show his style in the new alpine stars range release and it's people that we know here in our australian community it's not just 
like obviously everyone likes to see Roxen ride dirt bike. Yeah, for but sure. But it's not just Roxen. Yeah, and it makes it that that yeah. stuff makes me pump, and I <laughs> yeah. feel like that's almost a little mini thing that's and then, happening. Like, and then it just it makes the whole industry keep going around because then the sponsor goes, oh well, yeah, you're in that sick release that MX store did and yep. got this many views yep. so then you're you know you get a bit more stuff and then it just yeah it goes around and around and around and around oh 100 yeah. percent. and and that's the thing that like really when that's why I sort of decided to do the motocross companion supercross companion thing because like originally I was like on my high horse a bit about it. I was like I'll be in fuck box forever I'm just gonna interview all these cool people <laughs> and I'm done with this shit and then I had like a bit of a like, that was just my ego talking. I was just like, yeah, that's a bit of a dickhead way to think about stuff. And then I really thought, I was like, no, the, the reason why I don't like the moto thing and the reason why I don't want to do that is because I'm not seeing the stuff that like gets me excited right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, am I going to be just a, a passive consumer of like this thing that i don't really enjoy that much or am i going to use the the resources that i've got to Can like add, add to, to the culture yeah. let's add to the culture yeah. let's i didn't like i would have probably never spoken to you otherwise and there's probably a lot of people that would have never heard of you otherwise mm. and it's that to me is like a cool thing so it's like we're all just trying to move move it forward and progress and it's like you just like i said that trail ride could in 10 years be like this amazing thing that, that like, is like I, I would love it that every chick goes i have a dirt bike i have to get to that husfana women's trail ride at some point a hundred percent yeah i got a road trip across from bloody wa actually hopefully there's a couple of girls road tripping from wa next year for it because i coached I, in wa the weekend after it and talked about it i was so, gonna say there probably will yeah, be yeah yeah and that's again like you come back to day in the dirt you come back to transmoto i don't know who won I don't even think they, like, I was up doing some commentary stuff at the Day in the Dirt. None of us knew who won. A like, guy I'm just on gonna a really s- muddy bike is riding past and he's were, getting followed by another guy on a really muddy bike. They were just putting the checkered flag out when the time was up. And then some, because I remember one race, some dude's like, I won? And I was like, sure, man. <laughs> sure you did. But again, it's like, it's like the tra- the six hours and whatever it's become like this cultural movement mm-hmm. and i think that that's why like you look at a race like fink it's so iconic yeah, it's a bucket list thing it's a cultural yeah. thing that it's yeah. like it's part of this this the fibers of our motocross yeah. community or and you our gotta have community. those like you know 10 or 20 guys that you know want to win but every other person there is there to do it yeah like yeah and then having the inaugural like that there's a, a race that's trucked in a a women's class now so last two years so my co-coach for all my events elise o'connor she was the first ever inaugural thinks fastest female really which is super cool yeah that's um, that's crazy that that hasn't happened earlier. yeah yeah i mean like you know like taylor jones was the fastest female a few years ago and i but think it was Meg like Rutledge, but it was unofficial yeah, yeah okay so elise was the first ever official one which is super cool that seems like a no-brainer to have yeah, a girl's yeah. class there making it happen you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> um but isn't it funny and, though like this sorry. is the conversation is like I'm very in. I'm very ingrained in the motocross off-road, well, not off-road, but in yeah. the motorcycling community in Australia. Yeah. No idea there wasn't a chicks class. I think. Well, um, had our on the weekend, so had our desert race down yep. in Mildura. Um, looked I, uh, moist. It did look quite moist. <laughs> I watched. I think it was. It was either Jess Moore's or Emma Melissavic's Instagram page, but it's there to them two racing at Vola in prologue. Like, holy dooly. So, if you're listening to this right now... They were sending <laughs> hunt, it. Hunt that bit of footage down. Because chicks can ride, like, 100%. Like, 
Like, just watch it because they are going for it proper. That's sick. Just hauling. I want to watch that now. Yeah, and then they both got top forty um, in the mud on the on the Sunday because prologue was nice. The actual race was horrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, just killed it, smoked it. So go them. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, yeah, it's it's like an exciting time for that stuff, and and I just I think it's cool to sort of. I think in my head that whole cultural things clicked and that's mm. something that I've... And, I, like, there's a real push at the moment for all women in everything getting involved. There's all these action groups, like Mick and I were just talking before about uh, Motorcycling New South Wales having a real push. Um, Motorcycling Australia has just kicked off their Women's Commission again. I'm a part of that. That's and so cool. they haven't had one for quite a few years because um, Motorcycling Australia decided that women didn't need a voice, but they've just re-realised that they do. Uh, so it's myself, um, Tracy Simpson from WA, she's awesome, and then a couple other chicks from around um, Australia. And our whole – we're still trying to work out what we're really doing, obviously, because we're a volunteer group working yeah, on phone yeah. links and things. But obviously our goal is to just make it more accessible and promote women because, again, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, the media needs to get behind and push not just the girl that's winning, but every girl that's involved. Like the AORC videos, I've said it a million times. Yeah, I remember you saying like, this the other day. They do not even put a second of a female in the in the wrap up for the end of the weekend and the final for the year. So like Jess Gardner wins the Australian off road championships last year. We're all sitting down in Omeo in this building having our presentation, and she's not in the video. Like everyone else is in the video and she's not in it and that just is a real kick in the pants and yeah. like there would be years that you know i'd won the aussies and they've got the flyer for the next year's australian off-road championship series with you know all the places that they're going and it's got the leader of all the classes or the guy that won the class for the last year well i, I won a class mm. like do girls not race this event because i'm pretty sure they do and you know like there's a it's a contractor it's a you know it's not ma that make those videos but ma pay those bills so ma need to be making sure that women are getting featured in those videos because the little girl that's sitting at home watching it is going to be like oh girls don't race that yeah like it's it's that simple it's so crazy like to it's so easy to overlook that but adam cincerello he didn't have a motocross family his dad knew nothing about motocross his dad and his granddad owned grocery stores that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And we've got Adam Cincerello now because he watched Supercross on TV and he saw a dude racing TV yeah, on, like, oh, on TV. Yeah, oh, he can do it, I can do it, yeah. But his, now we have, he's one of the best riders ever. Mm-hmm. One of the best amateurs ever. You get that kid from watching TV. So, you know, I, and I mean, until we'd spoke, I'd, I'd really hadn't put that much thought into it. because And I don't know, is that like ignorant on my behalf or is it you just <laughs> no, don't know look, what you don't know? That Actually, I was thinking of this before. It's, it's you don't know what you don't know. And I, at the moment, the people that are making decisions in the motorcycle industry are quite often the races from 20 and 30 years ago that have, have moved up. They used to race and now they're in decision-making roles in different manufacturers or, you know, MA or whatever it might be. And just as, you know, my nan who's the most caring, beautiful woman would often drop a racist thing because that's how she grew up. And and you'd be like, man, you can't say that. That's not right. But it was just... You don't know what you don't know. She didn't realise that it was wrong even. And so there's these guys sitting in offices making decisions that just think, girls don't really ride dirt bikes. Oh, they have a bit of a go, but they don't ride. So what I'm really hoping is that at the bare minimum, by the time the guys that have raced with us girls are in those those decision making roles that they can they hopefully because it's about half half some of the guys really respect us some of the guys think like 
you don't deserve a spot in the video because you're a girl, then I hope it's those the other half that are making the decisions and they go, yeah, yeah like these girls can write and they deserve to be treated like they can. But I guess to what I was... Like, At the to, bare minimum, hopefully it happens before that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's on a definitely an accelerated path. But yeah. oh, like sort of what I was saying before with that whole like you see like Quicksilver and you see it's like those renegade companies. You know why those renegades pop up? Is because... Quicksilver was run by dudes that were cool in the 60s and created the whole thing and then all of a sudden they got super rich and then they lived in gated communities <laughs> and then they hired people that didn't really know what they were doing and then they they got the companies went public and then they the distance that they got from where they started which was on the beach making board shorts yeah, yeah. they they the spreads too far to cover now and you lose touch with what's actually happening and I think that that's like all of the like Quicksilver went bankrupt, like DC shoot, like all of these companies that were like those grandfathered in like action sports companies. It's like that is a warning signal to anybody that wants to keep doing business that way. Mm-hmm. Guys that own MX store, they're our age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like my like I was saying, my mate in Melbourne that's a developer, he's just a couple years older than me, killing it, putting all of those old dudes out of business. Because the times have changed. And if you don't adapt and if you don't listen to what's happening now, and if you don't care enough to listen to the people like yourself, like you've been all over the world, you've raced all over the world, you know what is going on. Mm. You know there's girls out there that want to ride. If there was no girls out there that wanted to ride, I wouldn't have you wouldn't people be, showing up. Yeah. yeah, and you probably wouldn't even want to put the effort in in the first place. You'd no. be like, oh, I'm just the weird chick that likes to ride. Yeah, But like that's not how you feel. And so a couple of times in the last year I've had – like I did a come and try with MX store out at QMP. So it was people that have never ridden before. MX store brought all their like I've been used in a range mm. release gear out. So there was gear provided and bikes provided. And it was one lady come out and she was like 40 something. And she's like, yeah, I want to learn to ride. I was like, okay, cool. Like, like what, what's got you doing it? Oh yeah. I just, I always said I wanted to do it. And here I am. I That's like, oh, crazy. Your kids eh? ride? No, no. Your husband ride? No, no. I've just always wanted to ride. Fan freaking tastic yeah like and that's happening more and more where it like no one's got them into it they've gotten themselves into it because they want to and why shouldn't they be able to like oh for sure yeah and but you know 10 years ago even you just didn't see it as much and i like it quite often at the beginning of my fox women's off-road campouts because it's only 25 women so it's a it's capped at that so that everyone gets to know everyone and it's a real like small kind of vibe so on the friday night we all sit around and do the old Hi, my name's Gemma and I'm from Gympie. And I'm an alcoholic. I've, and I've been riding bikes <laughs> for this long and blah, blah, blah. And um, and it's really cool to hear because one of the questions I get them to um, answer is like, how long have you been riding for? And so often it's, I rode from like about six to 12. And now... And then when I was told I had to be a girl. Yeah, and now <laughs> I like, and I haven't ridden for, you know, 20, 30. Like we've had a 62 year old at the fox women's off-road camp out so 20 30 40 50 years ago i like i I haven't ridden for that long and now i'm i I got a bike again three years ago so even five years ago it would have been me and like five other chicks sitting in a paddock but now it's me and 25 other chicks sitting in a paddock which is which is super cool and yeah and like you said i I wouldn't have events if Mm, if it was there wasn't a demand and so like kudos to everyone who got involved with the husqvarna women's trail ride foreseeing that there's 130 potential customers that previously just aren't getting spoken to and now like they can so yeah like 
everyone who got involved because it was freaking cool so and the club as well like green park is sought after they can only have 12 events there a year mm. so every event they give to someone else they don't make money from so obviously like i had to pay a fee for using the property but they did me mates rates because we had no idea whether i was going to get 10 girls or 130 girls um so next year bigger and better and i'm sure it won't be mates rates i'll have to give them some more money but um yeah like go them they saw and it's a club with blokes yeah and they were like no we want we want girls to be a part of our club and i think too when my husband and i got talking about it if you think of like the the people making the decisions and even just the the clubs and you know running trial rides and whatever it might be there's not a lot of women in those roles there's not like women officials so um i just did a women's leaders in sports conference in sydney for three days and it was 10 women from motorcycling australia and 10 women from rugby australia and so we got together and did three days on how to you know be leaders which was awesome actually and i forgot what i was saying what, like trying to get more women involved in yeah, the, in okay. the clubs themselves yeah yeah it's, so, it's all just guys yeah, yeah, right? so officials that's right so officials I, I there was a lot of i was a real only rider there was me and um one other girl from tasmania that were riders and everyone else were mainly working in official roles and a few of them wrote as well of course but i hadn't really thought about it from that perspective that you need women's officials you need because they are making then decisions that are going to affect everyone and it needs to be inclusive and diverse like and, every, and the thing is yeah. and again it's like you just don't like if you're a guy it's like you don't know what a girl needs yeah. if there's no one so around like that, that dude to tell that you. writes on my instagram like oh it's just weird that you have women's only events i don't Fuck get you, it and i was like you know like thanks for your input but we're not saying that men are bad and it's yeah. we're just creating an environment it's that women like, want to be a part of but then a, a female got on on and said i've done one of Gemma's events i've ridden for years i ride with blokes all the time and i'm not going to stop riding with blokes but i cannot tell you what it was like to be a part of that female only environment and it's something that i cannot wait for to do again next year mm. and i was like yeah see there's there's someone who's come and experienced it and so it doesn't matter what old mate says. I can't let that affect me. I, I need just, to listen to what she says. I just like, I can't get, and like me and Mick have, we'll like see comments on YouTube and stuff. And Mick will be like, how's that guy? And I'm, I, I feel sorry for people that can see such a negative in a situation that everyone else is seeing good shit in. Yeah. That, that to me, I think that's like the, that's but the bigger problem. do you think that they would say it to your face or it's just because they've got a keyboard oh, no, and a no. screen? No, <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Yeah, but I've, I mean, it's I've just, had a few keyboard worries at me lately and I'm, I'm learning to be more resilient about it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Like it, your natural instinct, like, you know, it's a survival instinct to pay attention to the negative yeah. more than the positive because positive, fine and dandy, but negative yeah. stuff can get you. Yeah. But I just, I, I feel genuinely sorry for people that can see as like there's some stuff that i'll see on youtube where i'm like how could you like get that from this yeah like you've got to be in a super negative like bad weird place. yeah like you've <laughs> got to be in a, a bad place to even see like yeah. th- and there's some stuff where i'm like i guess like i yeah. guess i can see what you're talking about but like at the same time what the fuck did you think of that yeah. like that's just weird and i get it too like every husband of every wife that was there was like oh like why can't we come oh like of course of course i wanted to come and have a fun weekend but they can go next weekend and have a fun weekend because guys don't need a special weekend to load up their bikes and go riding and that's what i've been hearing for the last five years with the camp out i'll have like have a coaching you know for us guys and i do i run the open coaching which is guys as well 
Um, but yeah, the, the end of the day, guys don't need a special weekend to load up and go riding because that's what guys do. And yeah. hopefully that's what girls will do soon as well. But that's just not happening just yet. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I think it's awesome. I, I'm the, I'm fully on board and definitely um, just when we met up a couple of weeks ago, it, it, it definitely like opened my eyes up to just, it's, it's just, I guess it's like, I would have shared, not shared the thoughts, but like, I'm one of those guys that just like never really thought about it. I never had to, but like yeah. at the same time, like I grew up racing with this chick, Janella Vecchio and she was, she, me and her like legit battled. Like she was yeah. one of the best chicks in Australia, motocross juniors. So like, I, Vecchio, like it's, it's running around the back of my head. Have, you've heard of her before? Yeah. yeah she was really good. Yeah. And like, so I don't know. I always just, Maybe I just never really thought that much about it because I was around girls that, that did race. But, I mean, I'm sure there's clubs where, like, there was no girls. But I literally, every race I raced, I knew I had to, like, deal with her because she yeah. was super fast. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, But I think, yeah, when it comes to that professional level, like, I'm just not in the um, – yeah like you don't know what you don't know i didn't know the level of which um but you know there's definitely stuff where like because the ama had like uh a few years where like there was girls on factory teams and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i mean i i definitely i don't know why that went away because it was good racing um but i can definitely see it from like a tv standpoint where at motocross it's yeah, like it's a four they, they it's, spread out it's, so much yeah. and, and i completely understand that from like a yeah from a spectator a point of view yeah and you've got only yeah the, the there is racing there but quite often yeah the girls kind of just spread out and it's not as interesting to watch necessarily but again it's that chicken it and the egg thing yeah, yeah. yeah so like courtney duncan new zealand chick she's one of the best people i've ever seen ride a bike the first time i saw her ride i was freaking out man (laughs) and then what was the other new zealand chick kira catherine prom before catherine prom yeah she's gnarly she's so gnarly dude like yeah yeah, she was full on and then like you know obviously leia sands like i've raced her for five years at the world enduro championships and she won every time i beat her in three tests in a row in spain once though which is obviously the coolest thing yeah, um, even Toby said she's, like, <laughs> legit, legit Yeah, fast. like, she just um, had a crack at Erzberg and, like, didn't make it to the end, but she got, like, 39th or something. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and she wants to go back and try and make it next year. And, you know, if, if anyone can make it to the end, it's her. And then there's Sandra Gomez. So, Alfredo Gomez, the Hussberg Extreme Rider's younger sister. Sorry, Hussberg, Husvana's. Um, Husseberg, what's yeah, that? That was years ago. Um, extreme writer. Showing your age. Yeah. <laughs> His little sister, Sandra Gomez, like she is phenomenal as well. And like the stuff, she races like all the West series, like the Hispaxia that just happened, Erzberg, like Romaniacs. And like there are some chicks doing some cool shit. I wonder why the, like Ashley Filek was, she should have been a superstar. So I, I think I, it must have just been like a little video or something on YouTube. I remember seeing something quite a few years ago about how it just got to a point where she was just costing her dad a fortune. So she wasn't and getting paid. No, and she wasn't getting paid. And you know, She was on end, factory Honda. And at the end of the day, it's just a race and she had to make a decision and the decision she made was to not do it anymore. Yeah, like, see that that yeah. to me, like I feel I feel like, and again, it kind of comes back to that conversation, is like someone's got to step, step up because it's like the market's there and it feels like it's on the edge mm-hmm. of like really... And like, so Taylor Jones... She ended up working with 
Bwartalonke, which is a landscaping mob. I'm pretty sure I got the name right, um, in Sydney. And they supported her fantastically and it really got her to that next level because she had the funding. But that like they're not from the industry, obviously. They landscape mm. and Jeff was just a mad dude who helped her out and that's super cool and like but it needs to be more than that one off random p- company that helps yeah, like that yeah. one off random chick. But, you know, she's over at GNCC's now and I wrote it because I used to write a column for ADB, but when I stopped writing, they didn't want my column anymore. And I, maybe they thought it would just be shameless self-promotion of my events from yeah, then on. But yeah. I really think I could have kept writing it. So, ADB, get me back. Hook it um, up. Yeah. Life <laughs> instead. Yeah, come on then. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I wrote a column about, you know, us women and getting paid or whatever it was and that... Taylor's got herself over there and like she's got this wicked mechanic, Stewie Baylor, so his sons, the Baylor boys, like race GNCCs and stuff and he's awesome. She's got this wicked mechanic. She's living this proper like hell of a more factory life than any of us girls will ever live over here at the ALRCs and I was like getting paid and so I sent her like the screen capture of it and I was like, can I write this? So you, like is this actually what's happening? And she's like, yeah, it is actually what's happening. That's so cool. So go Taylor but she got some support from the random, you know, lawn care company to get at that point so yeah. he, like that was the chicken or the egg depending on whether you believe the chicken or the egg came first yeah, yeah. and and got her there but there needs to be more than just that i think too like and it it's not just um in women's racing it's in guys as well but there's definitely there's definitely like well i know especially in guys there's a level of entitlement of like well i'm fast so you should give me everything for free yeah but you've got to do more than win like you said you've exactly. got to add something yeah, yeah. I'm and a total i think that, in that. And, and i think that that's where like all the tools are there man like jackson richardson is the perfect example that dude edits videos on his phone called jats mix and he's like famous for it <laughs> You know, and it, he backs it up. He's won two Supercross yeah, championships. Yeah. He's one of the best riders in Australia. But it's like he's carved out his own thing. And it's like if someone goes, you know, like we're, we're helping him do like some sponsorship stuff. And it's like you talk to people and they're like, fuck yeah. Like we're in on the Jats mix. And there was a lot of like he pretty much like lost rides because of like the way he acted, you know. But he was like he had this fun like... Uh, over the top personality on social media and he made these videos and like, and then all the old heads that like we were talking like they're that. like because well, yeah. they just thought he was fucking around but it's like he was living at our house the dude wouldn't eat a lolly or you know like he was so strict mm. every day he was like all these smoothies get up to the gym doing all his rehab for his injuries his whole life revolved around being Getting good yeah. but then he was completely exhausted every day when he come home from training and instead of just like doing dumb shit or chasing girls around he'd edit these things on his phone and that was the one thing that people saw because that's what he put on his social media and then he got judged off it but it's like he would he like i would say jats added to the culture like if you ask anyone that's in motocross or follows motocross and supercross in australia you know what a jats mix is and it's like that is like you're adding it like there's value in that if you can look at it from that perspective the other guys dylan long do you yeah. follow Dylan Long on Instagram? Oh, I don't, but I see lots of his stuff from him. Yeah. Extra, I guess, yeah. Like, so I know a bit about him, yeah. That dude is like the Aussie Axel Hodges, you know? So he's like... <laughs> I out. do love some Axel Hodges. Yeah, so. well, like, like he's doing that sort of stuff. Like yeah. he's doing that and he's got his own... Uh, and if you're racing as well, because like, yeah, if you're doing that cool shit and then you're racing and you're backing it up with like wins and cool results, then... Cool. And he's like, does some coaching and stuff too, does Dylan? Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah. yeah, like, so that's, yeah, 
But it's like that to me is like, so then like MX stores all over Dylan, they love him. Why? Because he does like cool shit and he gets people excited. Mm -hmm. Because like when I'm looking at, like I'll rarely watch like a race highlight of like a dude, you know, Kurt Gibbs yeah, or whatever. It's dude, like, yeah, hitting a berm, doing a whip. All the, re- <laughs> all the respect yeah, to it. Yeah. Like you're a badass if you yeah. go and do it. But like, what really will make me sit there and being like, I want to f- get some personality. Yeah, in yeah. And the new wave too is like I was talking about um, this with someone. They're like, oh, what's like next? And I'm like, it's here. We follow people. Mm-hmm. The whole Instagram, like, click follow. There's people, like, there's a guy that I listen to his podcast, um, Adam22, and he's a white dude that interviews rappers. And, like, that's what... I don't really care about the rappers, <laughs> but I, like, follow him. And it's, like, that dude's, like, just super interesting to me. And I think that that's sort of the same stuff that's happening with, like, like Jats or Dylan Long. Even, like, MX Store. Like, I watch all there. Like, they make cool shit. So, yeah. it's, like, I think, like... So people, whether it's guys or girls, it's like you can get those cool companies like you were saying with that, that um, what was her name again? That's got the uh, company that sponsored a one-off company random. Oh, dude. yeah, yeah. Um, Taylor Jones, yeah. Rotar Lawn Care. Yeah, so yeah. like, you know, they obviously see like the value in like what she does. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you want to bring those people into the sport, you gotta, you've got to provide them with something that you can, like what are you offering them? that there's just too much entitlement of like because I'm fast because I'm winning I should get everything. Yeah, it's just not the case these days. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think as well though sometimes it can take away from it a bit because someone's might be mid pack and not putting in all the effort, but they've you know a bit of a show pony. So then they they're getting some stuff, but usually like maybe that doesn't necessarily last or everyone's got their knickers in a knot and they're probably not getting as much as they say they are anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. probably true too, yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, like it needs to be a balance. As but well. yeah. I just think like we're but living per- in it. But personality, and you don't have to yeah. fake a personality, it just has to be your Yourself. personality. Yeah. yeah, that's what I used to always say to like Ferris, Dean Ferris. For a long time it was just him hitting a berm, him hitting, like doing a whip. And I was like, dude, we get that you're riding a motorbike sick. You need yeah. to start showing people who you are because yeah. you're a cool person. And now, like, he does his dad life stuff and, like, cool. Like, that's who you are. Show people who you are because we can look at a photo of you hitting a sick berm. Yeah, it's, all, it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's right. And, like, yeah. and what was cool, like, Harry just said before, he goes, I'd rather be uh, myself and real and a builder than fake just to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was super cool because, like, he's got a lot of, like, you you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I just think he's loose because he gets shit for that yeah, sort of I, stuff. I don't know him and yeah. I just think, oh, he's loose, that guy. Yeah, but that's, like, that's him. He's just a million miles an hour and yeah. he's just, like, full on. But uh, he's like, I'm, I'm not going to change just to have this cushy job. And I think, like, but it's like I feel like he can – he doesn't even have to say that for you to know that he's being himself. Mm-hmm. So even though you're like, Jesus, he's loose – but you can tell it's like, well, that's obviously he's just doing the damn thing, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think we're just, you know, people, I think riders have to do their bit as much as the brands have to step up. Like everyone's got to sort of step up together. And yeah, I work together. Like that was the biggest thing in my whole career. I always felt like there was like, you know, some main companies that like we're, we're supposed to be in this together. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be promoting me and I'm supposed to be promoting you. And I just feel like I'm pushing shit uphill. Yeah. And that's that old, this is how we do things and it's not going to change because it's the way we do things that needs to change and i'm finding like with husfana 
it's awesome. Yeah. And I and they get it and they get that there are women that ride motorbikes and they want to support me to support them. Yeah. And MX store hundred percent they're on board to support me to support them because they're like um, you know, slogan or not slogan, but their ethos for their business is making riding safe and accessible. Yeah. Fancy that. That's exactly what I'm all about too. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it just yeah, and when something works, it works and then we can both do our jobs really well. Because they get shit from me and I get shit from them and that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. Is there, um, are you glad or was there like a point where you just thought you'd be done and completely out of racing and you would have never got a chance to make the impact that you have? Like you never would see it get come around to like where it's at now. Because like you obviously was like, didn't know, oblivious. So I was just doing my thing riding, super bitter over it, wished that it was different, stopped being bitter started changing Stephen Gall actually I did some training with Stephen Gall for like six months and it totally changed the way I looked at the world really? at racing I rode differently I won another couple of Australian championships and world championships and it was all because of Stephen Gall because he, he is a coach in every sense of the word so I used to pick him up from Rabina and we'd drive out to QMP together ride for the day and then we'd drive home together as well so there was like a good you know couple hours of talking and yeah, riding yeah. and I don't even remember what he said, but it was, he just got me thinking about things so differently. And like, so I credit the last couple of years of my career to Stephen because I wouldn't have, like I would have quit. I was about ready to quit. That's crazy. A few years ago. And so maybe if I had have left like bitter and feeling, cause you know, cause it, when I was going I've through I've seen that, that shit, like, man. Yeah, do I, I, I know quit? so many dudes that quit yeah. that like when I was filming nationals and they got nothing to do with it and they're like, fuck and I'd, you don't like, one be day, like that. I'd be like, I'm going to quit. And the next day I'd be like, no, no, who am I without riding dirt bikes? You know, like, oh, no, but I don't want to do this anymore. But what else have I got in my life? Like I had a law degree and a fiance and a home and a family. And well, not like, not children, but like obviously a family. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but yeah, like I'm known, I'm the motorbike chick. Like who am I if I'm not the motorbike chick? And then I awesomely got like Stephen helped me out a bit and we did some stuff and then I, I changed everything and I went for two more years or three more years or whatever it was and then when I quit I knew that I'd I knew that I'd done it like I knew that I'd done everything I wanted to do in the industry and it was the right decision and then I still worried for a little bit because I had committed still obviously to the end of last year to a couple more Fox Women's off-road campouts and the Fox Women's Ride Day and I thought oh but do I even like bikes anymore? Mm. And then about a week... Because without racing, yeah. like, is that... Yeah. yeah. And then about a week later, I went and rode and then I just rode and I rode and I rode and I did Day in the Dirt and Dust Tussles and my events and rode and rode and rode and rode and then I flew down to Omeo for the last round of the AORCs and because I was... Actually, something we haven't talked about. I actually did lose the plot when I quit racing, even though it was my decision to quit and I felt like I'd achieved everything and... You know, I had other shit going on. Like, I've got a law degree and a teaching degree. So, I had a career outside the industry. That's insane. I had the um, Fox Women's Off-Road Campouts and stuff. So, I had, like, a building career within the industry still. But I was, like, hives every day. Really? Like, just my poor husband. I was a nut job for the first couple of months that we were married. Far <laughs> like, out. Um, and they, I never really told anyone about that. But, holy shit, you should have seen the hives So, what do I you got. reckon? It, like, you were just I, having, like, anxiety about, like, yeah. the... like an identity crisis and i'm not and i'm not good at like dealing with stuff that's bad because i'm a very happy person 
And so instead of dealing with it, I was like, I'm fine. It's all fine. I'm totally fine. So I ended up going to a sports psychologist. And yeah, she, not with like a tick. Like. Yeah, and she's like, those hives are your body going like you're not fine. So I just had to actually deal with what was going on within me. Really? And then I so you were, so you were like, like suppressing it to yeah. the point. So and you'd have so you'd have like internal dialogue about and, and like I'm fine, and I'm then fine. you'd shut it down. Like <laughs> yeah. you'd actively damn, that's like some crazy willpower. Yeah, and then just like like scratching my skin off, lumpy, really horrible. And then it turned into exercise induced too. So the only thing I still had was going for a run, like rollerblading I rollerbladed at Burley tell me you don't rollerblade I, I am a mad keen rollerblader you still rollerblade <laughs> yes so I went alright well that was uh, the Gypsy Tales podcast with uh, Jim Wilson we've had fun <laughs> up until this exact point of the interview no okay I'm going to use rollerblades you're going to come with me fuck all that I'm not doing that shit oh uh, just it's so much fun you can cover so much ground and you just like you're like, like blading like four like in a blade, row four in, four in a row not skates oh no, they're sick. They're sick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they were illegal. I didn't think they were still had. Actually, they don't really sell them in Australia. So my husband and yeah, I. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no. The, the only ones I could find were they look like Hot Wheels ones, and they were red with flames on them. So we had matching ones for a few years, and then in Andorra, um, in Europe, because they're still big in Europe. Well, they probably have like already caught on because Europe's in front of us when it comes to rollerblades. Um, I got a pair in Andorra wow. and they're sick. So don't judge me for, for my rollerblades. They're really fun. We, uh, when, <laughs> when I was in the US with the film company, we were like, we had some shoot and we were like, man, we need to get like a, like a cool, smooth shot. But it's like un yeah. like unlevel ground or whatever. <laughs> so like, cause we we had, well, we had a skate ramp at our house. Yeah. So we were like, we'll just skateboard and we couldn't do it. So then we like went down to Dick's Sporting Goods and we bought some rollerblades and my business partner Jay was like, he's like, you're going to wear these out. I was like, I'm not fucking wearing them. And we like full out this Mexican standoff in the shop of like which size shoe to get. And I was like, I'm out, bro. I don't care if we get this shot out. Like I'm done. And uh, and then he ended up doing it. And oh my God, it was like watching a baby giraffe be born. Eh? It, was the, it was the funniest thing ever. But yeah, so no, no rollerblades for me. You know, it's funny. One of my best friends actually was like a sick rollerblader back in the day. Like he was solid, but yeah, I just thought that would go on. Oh, I can't, I can't like do drop-ins at skate parks or anything. I, I just, I can't. So you're pull not up. an extreme roller. I rider. actually have to run into things to pull up. Don't you just like drag your foot at the well, back? Well, that's how you do it. It's not how I do it because I just run into things. Do you just go? <laughs> no, I just run into things. Oh, really? Yeah. Why don't you do the drag thing? I'm just not good at it. Have I you just, ever ice skated? Oh, like a couple times. Yeah, like, I like that. That's yeah. pretty sick. Yeah. You like ice skating, you like rollerblading. No, but see, Anyways. ice skating's got a bit of danger, you know uh, what I mean? It's like a sharp blade, it's like hard ice, I don't know. Oh, that rollerblade I had down here at Burley and then a mate was like, oh, I'll meet you for coffee. So we, I rollerbladed I'll back. I'll see you there. Yeah, I rollerbladed back <laughs> and he films me as I come rollerblading towards like Connor's Cafe and him and a mate are sitting there and I'm like, Hi, and then I was like, "Oh, too fast!" and just went past him and I run into a wall. <laughs> Come back and sit down. But so yeah, even that gave me like mad hives in the end. Just I think nice you, I think you just had I'm hives just, from rollerblading. I'm just, I'm just you were like so <laughs> getting off the rollerblade topic here because you give me too much oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. Fuck rollerblades. Yeah, that's a blast from the past. Next, next nah, time you know, I rollerblade, I'm gonna tag Gypsy Tails in it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. You know, you know what? I can't talk shit because when Mighty Ducks came out. Remember when Mighty Ducks came out? Mighty Ducks came out and I was like, Mum, I'm going to be a professional ice skater. Do you know who likes rollerblading? <laughs> who? Pete. 
Pete Anderson from MX Store. Does he really? Yep. Oh, I can't talk shit then. Yep. So there you go. Maybe there's like a secret <laughs> underground rollerblading like cult of like, yeah, like a full secret society. No, I, I said to mum, I was like, mum, I need to tell you something. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a professional ice hockey player, and I need to go to the sports store right now, and I need to get a hockey stick, and I need to get a hockey puck, and I need some rollerblades, and I fucked up our roll at all, <laughs> like heavy. I put a washing basket on like on its side, and I made like a goal, and me and my brother, I we we used to just play like ice hockey in cans mm-hmm. in the middle of summer, and like I've just thought it was the coolest shit, and that lasted for like. Lasted for a hot minute because that was my fave. <laughs> that was the most gangster movie ever when I was a kid. So anyway, rollerblades aren't that aren't that bad, I guess. I yeah, can't. I can't. I can't hate. I can't talk shit. I'd be I'd be being disingenuous if I said <laughs> I'd never rollerbladed. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, getting back to serious shit. So um, you did have like a, a bit of a full identity yeah, crisis. Yeah, a meltdown. So and so, what got you through that? Um, it was a mixture of rollerblading and yeah, nah, <laughs> having an awesome husband. A really good dad who was like, because I was just ignoring it, so I didn't tell anyone about it as well. And so I, in the end, was like, oh, dad, like, look at this shit all over me two times a day. Um, so it would just like come up. It would up just come up. And, and the only one, any histamine to get rid of it, because it would just be like, and which I hate taking things that aren't like, you know, I grew up in an organic farm, I'm a bit of a hippie dippy when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I was like, oh, and then though. it was doing my head in with that. And then I'd be like, why the fuck are you stressed? Like your life's really good. So it would make me more stressed and I'd get more hives. Um, so dad was like, you spend money on, on everything. You need to spend money on your health. Just pay for a sports psychologist. Cause I was all like being stingy with my money. Um, and I went, so I saw a sports psychologist. I saw a naturopath who she was actually ended up being a bit of a psychologist as well, but in a really like, holistic holistic way way, whereas the sports psychologist was really clinical um so between them two the gross goopy herby stuff that the naturopath got me onto do you reckon that shit worked i think it was a part of it yeah yeah um and then just staying active and healthy yeah try and just you know what nothing changed from when i was in full meltdown crisis mode to when I was happy about life again. Nothing changed except the way I was it's looking at things. It's your internal It was dialogue. my mindset yeah. name. So I just had to... And you know what? It was actually... Um, the psychologist had a name for it, of course, but it was like a transition disorder or something. She, I wasn't even that. It was something Oh, man, though, a lot of athletes go through that yeah, stuff. Eh? It's and, pretty heavy. And she's like, it, it's just time, but you've got to try and maintain your health in, Through throughout that time, that yeah. time period. Um, so I, I was fine. I come out the other, other end of it fine, but... It just got me thinking, like, if I was someone who was in the prime of my career and and got got pushed out of my sport, holy do I can see why drugs and alcohol and things become a problem for some people because that would be gnarly because it was gnarly and I chose it. Um, and that that was like an actual intersection to something else I was talking about too. That whole hive thing, but I forgot what that was. We were going somewhere else before I. That's said a beautiful it was thing a, about these podcasts. Horrible, horrible three month experience. Also, it's um, it's a real thing though. Like, it oh bikes, yeah. So then I was like, am I gonna like bikes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I flew down to Omeo, um, because I was actually thought that if I went to the final AORC. Because I, I just left mid-season kind of thing. And I thought maybe if I went down and MA... Got a bit of closure. You know, had a bit, we had a bit of a chat on the podium and rah, 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 at the final night. 
you know, had a, one last hurrah, had a drink with all the boys and because, you know, presentation nights are always a good good time. I thought it might kind of close that chapter, but maybe that was a piece Part of, of the puzzle, yeah. but it, it didn't have much to do with it in the end. But, um, yeah, up on the stage, Colin, the dude that used to do the media for MA, uh, was like, yeah, well, I follow you on socials and since you quit, you haven't got off a motorbike. Yes, exactly. It turns out as soon as I stopped racing, I loved motorbikes again. The last sort of 18 months of my racing career, I only rode on race day. Like, yeah, really? I, I, like I was over it. And then as soon as I quit racing, I love bikes again. And I rode and I rode and I rode and I rode and I rode. And I ride so much now too. And I just go for fun rides, and, and which I just, I'd stopped doing. I hadn't done for years. So. so I do. I love bikes. I just totally love bikes. And I was just over racing. But I will never be over bikes because bikes are awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really cool full circle to go from how bad it was in that that period. But like, are you glad you sort of went through that though? Like, did you learn Not a lot really. about? <laughs> you surely you learnt a lot about yourself though. Well, in it that was period. the first time in my life I'd ever been sad. Like, that's, I, I've that's lived, crazy. I've lived a blessed life where nothing's ever been a problem, and I've you know I've had good support, and I've I've just always been happy, and so that was also probably part of the problem because I was like I'm this sad person now and you know mm. and I just I'd never I'd never experienced anything like it and I guess now that you have it's like all right another tick another notch in the belt of experience and life experience and you know they all make who you are even when you were like were there just like dim times in Europe like weather was shitty and but it, like I was in Europe like I was racing world championships you know even so when you I hurt myself had and stuff I never like I spent three months in a wheelchair with two broken ankles my first year of racing world championships and How'd I was like, you do that? Trials back, crashed, trials back, jumped off really? of like a causeway and landed. And my toes were on the peak, so they got bent uh, up towards my shins and mm-hmm. both my tailor strengths exploded. But um, yeah, even that, I was like, all right, an opportunity to read some books and do hill sprints in my wheelchair. And like, yeah, I've always just looked on the bright side. And that was the first time in my life I didn't. So what do you reckon it was the like, why do you think you could bounce through all that other stuff and then something that was your choice? was the hardest thing to because like, stay positive it would 100 percent. the only answer i could possibly give would be that i raced motorbikes for my whole adult life and now i didn't that's and even though i didn't want to it was still that's what i did that's who i was that's how I, like right from school you know like in high school it was all oh, the curly haired motorbike rider like it was always who i was and now i wasn't a motorbike racer anymore yeah but turns out there's this whole other world of motorbike riding that isn't racing and it's really fun. Yeah. So, and, and like I just had to relearn that and re-see that because obviously I knew it when I first started because, you know, I started riding when I was 12 or whatever. I didn't start racing until I was like really like 16. So there was four years of fun times there where, and I'd forgot that that existed. Yeah. And now I've remembered. That's so cool. I, I, I like, I love hearing stuff like that where you know you you had to earn that love for something you know what i mean like you had to really rationalize it you had to go through some shit to like get to that point where like okay yeah i love this shit yeah i think too yeah i, I don't know i'm just not like i just wasn't good at dealing with it and then like some other things were happening in other people's lives around me that were gnarly you know like cancers and people losing people and and I was like, like that shit is the shit that you get yeah, hives from. Be, yeah. Not that my life is fantastic and I'm getting these hives. So I was really beating myself up about it. And I just had to kind of, I don't know, I just had to let it run its course. 
your your brains can be. Uh, but you know, I said I got like it become exercise induced, so yeah. I'd go for a bit of a run or a pushy ride. Like I went pushy riding in Yapoon with my mate Elise, and like had to bail halfway through because. Like, I was just covered. It was horrible. I went home and had a Fenergan and passed out for five hours. How good's Fenergan? <laughs> oh, man. I remember my pa- my mum used to give that to my sister when we'd go up the Cape <laughs> when she was, like, in the car crying and shit. See ya! <laughs> um, and... They were the bomb. I, it's probably, like, the only time I took them. Someone else gave me my... I used to... Like, I would take non-drowsy ones, but yeah. I had this one random one. Um, I've I've lost my train of thought again. Exercise and juice. Exercise. Sorry, I keep but taking yeah, you out of it. But I never ever got them riding. So I was still coaching and riding in that time and stuff. And I'd be standing out. In but a were hot you? Paddock. But were you thinking about it when you were riding? I don't. You were probably thinking about the shit that was stressing you out. Look, in your poon, I wasn't. Like when I was pushback riding, because long story short it was your poon enduro cross and we'd had a good night and yeah. i only slept for a couple of hours and then decided to do this pushy ride with elise she was coaching she was the lead rider for this group of women to come and try day and it's the first time i'd ever used cleats and i was probably you still were concentrating so hard and i was cleats. in cleats yeah. and i just ate shit all day oh. and then got covered in hives and went home <laughs> good day solid day <laughs> Uh, it's that your brain's a crazy thing because like you were saying you got all this like there's negative shit around you that's like really serious stuff but mm. you know like in your you know your problems are still like your brain can be this place where you can escape in your imagination it can be like the most wondrous place ever or it can be this tiny little black box <laughs> yeah. and it's oh. <laughs> it's very very hard to learn when that when it does turn into a little black box it it's so hard to for that then or for you to even see another way for that then to become that beautiful bright wondrous place again and i think that uh it's one thing that i say all the time because i mean i've definitely had some dark times like especially living over in the states by myself being completely broke like i've talked about a bunch on here and that you go into like a very deep dark black box and then you're like well that's me now I don't yeah. know, how, the, how do you get from here to happy and, you know, filled with like adventure and wonder and imagination and all creativity? It's like, how, how do you get back to that? But then I think that it's so valuable in life to get put into that box and then get out of it. Yeah. And then every time, <laughs> yeah, and every time that you start seeing that thing creep in. And I mean, maybe it was just the fact that it you'd gone 30 years without being in that black box and it wasn't just me that was going through it either obviously like my husband and i'd been together since i was 17 so like my whole career he was there and for the first part of it it was my thing and he did his own thing and then from like 2013 to when i quit it, it sort of become our thing and like in europe it was he was my team like he was mm. everything like i couldn't have done it without him so he had kind of put his life on hold in a way because he was my help and then all of a sudden, I was like, I don't race anymore. I don't need your help. Like, mm. I'm, you know, you have a business. I'm starting a business. You do you and I'll do me for a while. And so John was also coming to terms with his life being really different. And so he, you know, three times a year could jump on a plane and come to Europe. Not a holiday because world championships, stressful. He is the most amazing human dealing with, you know, me stressed out. Obviously, if he got stressed out or showed me that he was stressed out, it would only make me more stressed out. So he was so good at just 
icing it over and bottling it all up and then at the end of the weekend being like oh so tell me i'll tell you what happened to me on the weekend like he was just amazing um every time we'd come home from new york we'd have more gray hair but in a way he didn't have to put too much focus on him because he was so focused on me mm. and then all of a sudden it was like all right well now it's time to focus on you what do you want to do and there's like no excuses if you can't yeah. figure it out so we it wasn't just like you know we were the team and the couple and you know just got married as well and all of a sudden our lives had completely changed yeah and we were both going through it so that was that was pretty tough as well and so was it hard to figure that out because like in theory you'd be like oh this will just be easier well you know what i didn't even i was like why is he being a fucking idiot you know and he was probably like why is he being a fucking bitch but now with hindsight it's like oh shit he was going through something too you know and he would be like oh well of course she like well he knew i was going through something and he's like he's the smartest guy he knows what i'm thinking and feeling before i'm thinking and feeling it like he's emotional intelligence he's up here i'm down on the floor somewhere Um, that's because you've got one gear and it's happy (laughs) well yeah (laughs) um so yeah as as we went through it and then the hardest part was then probably we weren't super getting along as well and we always get along and then we worked it out and then it all worked out and and it all worked out and it's fantastic and of course now we're even stronger again for it because it's another thing that we've gone through together so yeah welcome to married life sorry john (laughs) (laughs) there you go everyone in like AOSEs would be like poor John it's just you know really just become a catchphrase poor John oh here we go (laughs) bloody Gemma and John (laughs) poor bloke that one (laughs) that um it's definitely got to be a pretty special experience though to like do that much racing with yeah. your partner like yeah. there's not many people that get to say that they yeah, do like that much stuff together cruising around europe and like for the last couple of years he had like my secondhand bike in europe so spare bike so he was a follow rider oh, so he'd sick. be hooning around meeting me at all the tests because by then we'd made enough friends that i could send fuel out with someone to that checkpoint and you know food out to that one and whatever so then he was free to kind of roam around and and he would, be, you know, walk through the pits and he'd be like, ah, oh, ciao, and have some coffees with the Italians and then, you know, bonjour and hang out with the French people. And, like, he ended up – because he can make friends with anyone too, John. So, yeah. yeah and it, I want to have a beer with John. Yeah, now. he's cool. <laughs> I can, John. I want to have a beer with John. <laughs> and, uh, like, I finished uh, – it was the World Championships in – I can picture the town. I'm going to say it was in France. Yeah, it was in France. And I finished racing and we just had our little Renault van – like it was like Tetris packed in there and we borrowed a quick shade and a tire changer and off we went. And so we're sitting there and it was just a park bench that we were using as our like area to hang out at. Um, and this English guy just brings over a teapot. And so John had made friends with him during the day while I was out <laughs> racing and he told old mate that I really love tea. So this fella brought me over a teapot of fresh tea from England and I'm like, oh, sick. That's how you want to finish your day of championships racing. So, yeah, like John had a real experience as well. And like he cops it all the time from friends and family about him putting everything on hold for me and rah, 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 rah. Again, it's that shit you can't buy though. Yeah, but and, and, and he chose it and, you know, like he had to pay for his own flights to get over there every time because I didn't have that much cash in the bank. But once we were there, like I, you know, paid for things, but he paid the mortgage, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's experiences that we had together and, yeah, that money couldn't buy and like – he had a he had a really cool time as well. Oh, I'm sorry if you yeah. said like he was a guy. I would not change that. Yeah, 
And um, so like Steve Holcomb is one four yeah. World Enduro Championships. So I'm bringing him over in January for some coaching. So oh, he's going to do two one day courses out at where's he from? QMP. He's English. English, yeah. yeah. And then two one day courses down at Nara Motoplex. Um, so first and second weekend of January. It's been nice and warm for him. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh yeah. So you know, and that's Steve. We hung out in Finland with him at that Petri Silvan guy's house, and we just ride bikes in the morning and eat frozen yogurt in the afternoon and <laughs> do yoga and like you know we were the three amigos and we just had the best time. So now we get to bring him over and hang out with him and that is he's cool. bringing his fiance and so like yeah things like that and people like that that. Yeah, he had that. those experiences as well and because it, it wasn't just riding like it was a lot of riding but even riding like you know john would be on the stopwatch doing our test times and like he was a part of it as well so and it was cool and i think a bit in australia sometimes the aussie boys can be like oh you're a dude and you don't ride bikes and i want to be friends with you mm. whereas when we're in europe everyone was like yeah australia and like come and be friends so I, I i know that he really enjoyed europe and he you know he had a fun time in australia but he definitely enjoyed europe <laughs> europe is an s- amazing place for like so many reasons every chance i get to go to europe i'm like done yeah. see you there <laughs> this one time we um we're in France setting up a bike. So this awesome dude, Fred, he was the importer for TM in France. Oh, yeah. Um, we just made friends because he saw I was having a rough time with this Greek team I started World Championships with. And he... So we were setting up a bike at his place and it was my birthday. And so we, we got as much done as we could in the morning and then we loaded the van and we pinned it to Spain. And I sent... A inst- <laughs> I love that pinned it to Spain <laughs> and that's I, the most Aussie thing ever <laughs> loaded up the van and we pinned it to Spain <laughs> and I sent an Instagram message to Ivan Cervantes who's won five world championships and he's this gorgeous Spanish man and I was like dog we're gonna be in your area do you know anywhere to ride and he's like oh it's come to my house we're like okay so we we rock up to you rock up like the beachfront yeah john was like that too though <laughs> we rock up to the beachfront in Cambrils in spain and his house is this like massive mansion and we drive down like iron man's lair driveway and park underneath and he's got a bike from every year he's ever raced in this glass room that's and crazy his bathroom downstairs because he's KDM rider the last heap of years of his career he had like orange tiles orange towels he even had orange toilet paper <laughs> And so we had dinner and I was like, yeah, it's my birthday. And his wife was like, oh, I'm so sorry. This is all I've served you. Like, it's your birthday. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm in Samantha's house. Yeah. (laughs) Do I want a better birthday? And then We've eaten at Servos every other day. (laughs) Yeah. And then we went right in the morning and like, yeah, spent all this time like sort of coaching me and helping me out. And like we, we left from his Ironman's lair driveway rode down to the beachfront, rode along the beach, like in the middle of the city and then cruised up like this dry riverbed and ended up at like one of his compounds where his dad and John had already rocked up and watered the track for That's us. That's so stuff. sick. Like just had the best time. And then we were supposed to pack up and head off that afternoon because it was his birthday that day. So mine's first of May, his is the second, second oh, of May. Oh, how rides that? And so we're sitting up on these rocks getting this photo um, and he goes, oh, do you like paella? I'm like, yeah, I love paella. He's like, yeah, I'll stay for my birthday then. Like stay again tonight? Well, that's like the rice, eh? Yeah, the yeah, big yeah, rice yeah. dish. And I was like, yeah, okay, sick. So I didn't tell John though. I sort of forgot to tell John. So we rode back and we've had showers and we're standing upstairs and all his family starts rocking up. John's like, we have to go together. What are we doing here? And I'm like, yeah. no, we're invited to stay. So we ended up having this massive big like family lunch. John got maggot on champagne. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then he lent us his pushies and we rode along like the beachfront and stuff and then got up next morning went riding again had another sick day at like his other compound and then it was his niece's birthday that day i know right come on (laughs) so but he they had to go out for dinner um so he's like here's the keys when you close the gate behind you just put it in the mailbox my wife's made you lunch the house is yours do what you want that's so and and i'll see you down in spain like because we were driving to the bottom of like jerez for um the world championships he's like i want to take my gear bag for me um so he didn't have to take it on the plane and then i'm down there it was an english mate and she's gone through his bag and put his put his undies on her head and i was like (laughs) great now he's gonna think i've been like smelling (laughs) have you got a photo of this guy me show me a photo of this sexy spanish band what time's the origin start are we uh Oi, it's 8.30. Holy shit. Holy shit, all right. Gemma Wilson, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> all right, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, hey, I really, really, really enjoyed having you on. I yes, really appreciate I you really coming I really liked on. being here. Yeah, you had fun? Yeah, absolutely. Was this your first, like, proper big podcast? Yeah, absolutely. See, yeah, other um, than a few radio interviews, so. Awesome. Cool. No, nah, I'm really, really stoked. Uh, I will be, uh, are you doing six hour? Yes. I am with it all. Remember, I stacked the ladies' team because I'm going to win. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I've got Elise and um, Zoe who works at MPE, so we've got a cool girls' team. Yeah, this year, awesome. John doesn't want to do it again. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty gnarly <laughs> last year. Well, I want to have a beer with John if he's going to be He'll there. He'll be there, absolutely. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, any, yes, give the sponsors a quick shout out, even though we've covered a bunch of them. Um, yeah, so Fox. MX Store, Husqvarna, and MPE Suspension and Husqvarna are four awesome people that have supported me massively. But then I'm from Gympie, and so my local dentist, River Dental, Security Mob Ultimate Protection Security, Gold City Steering, like they have backed me for years. So thank you so much to the Gympie community. Um, and yeah, four accessories, Barkbuster, um, Unifilter. It's another three Australian awesome companies that have been there with me from the beginning and have as soon as I started supporting women, they supported me to support women as well. And Motorex is a new one. They jumped on board um, when Husqvarna Bunch did. Bunch of good dudes over so, there. So, yeah, thanks so much to Motorex. Shout out to Marksy, That's my boy. Okay. Um, Aaron's my boy. <laughs> 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 um, and look, I'm sure that... Oh, Stephen Gall and CDI Knee Braces. Yeah. Um, yep. I've been running them since i was 16 and we're gonna do a stephen gall podcast yeah that would be cool i'm excited yeah, for that he yeah. was a there's a i grew up with like a stephen gall photo because like him and my dad used to race together yeah and there was like my dad's like skinny little weed dude and then <laughs> stephen gall chiseled jacked in like the middle and then another dude dad used to race with. Yeah, still like always, the fittest dude I oh know. bro he's out of control but yeah so i like grew yeah. up like stephen gall he was like the man in our house so i'm excited to do that one yeah, cool. So, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. No, and uh, I'd love to do it again at some point. Okay. Maybe 12 months time, do another catch up. And uh, there's like so many world championship stories I want to hear. Like there's so much stuff that we could talk about. So, yeah. but I'm really glad we got out uh, some, uh, just, I guess, some messaging about um, women in this sport. Yeah. Bike riding's for everyone because it's super fun. Yeah. That's yeah. Even- and I'm not against dudes no I'm she just, actually just... hates dudes she uh, wishes that none of them would ever ride and she wants to split 50 50 50 50 of tracks in australia for women yeah and women then, only men only uh, and women get all the good ones yeah. bloody typical yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, just like creating a space for women so yeah come on girls get involved i'm all about it and i'll cool. support your women only rides awesome awesome thank you all right thanks heaps. that's so good i'm so glad you